have to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And welcome to the 31st episode of Slime Time SideQuest, an official Dragon's Den podcast. This is Pletty M3. And this is Pendy. And joining us tonight to talk about... Wait, 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 wait. You're just going into the topic in our guest just like that? Yeah, just like that. What of it? Well, that's a bit unusual. I mean, there's typically this page-long intro where you write about some inane topic that the rest of us all roll our eyes about. Eh, you know, I bet the audience does that, too. So, yeah, whatever. I just I skipped it this week. Skipped your chance to sound like a fool when you, quote, misunderstand, end quote, the point of what we're trying to talk about. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, there'll be no dumb platy this week. So no one has to pretend to be frustrated with you? Nope. No one has to play along while you pretend to be dumb? Hint, it's not always pretending. Yeah, <laughs> don't I know it. Well, you know, this is kind of a refreshing experience. I mean, no lowbrow humor for once. None. Wow. Well, I guess our guests and I should consider ourselves lucky tonight. <laughs> Luck. Lucky indeed. Ah, damn it. Did I just walk right into that one? Cha-ching. Like a Dragon Quest here at a casino. You did indeed. Ugh. Well played, Platy. Well played. Indeed. Much like tonight's topic. Tonight, we're going to talk about getting lucky in video games, whether it's hooking up with Marie in Persona 4 Golden once you hit relationship rank nine or getting Ooh. that sweet, sweet reward from Peach when you, you know. Hey, 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 I thought we weren't doing this. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, back on topic. All right. Let me take this away. Tonight, we're talking about a lot of luck-based side games or gambling content in a bunch of our favorite video games. From card games to casinos, we've luckily got a couple of guests here tonight to help us cover a wide variety of fun content. Joining us for the first time, Lander, and hopefully joining us later, Metcraft style, will be Yangus, who got called away to a party tonight. Welcome, Lander. Hello, hello. <laughs> hey, before we get going to uh, talking our five favorite side stuff, uh, let's get a little lucky with Lindar first. <sighs> Seriously? Okay. Eh, I had to have something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Lindar, um, what are some of your usernames you use around the old internet, uh, Discord or the Den or something? How might people recognize you or where from? Well, um, I go by Lindar. Um, that's double L-E-N-D-A-R. Um, or Lynn, just double L-E-N. And if I can't get any of those, because some random person online has been trying to take my username from somewhere. I don't know why. I don't know how. I'm going <laughs> to hunt you down. I use Sidane <laughs> as well. Okay. Lendar. I think I mispronounced that uh, incorrectly that to begin with. I, yeah, you, should, I, you totally I'm in, did. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> infamous know, on this podcast for doing that, for mispronouncing you know names. So. It's fine. I had a friend for about 10 years, thought I was Elendar for a long time. <laughs> so, you're uh, good. Like our you. good friend Eel. Oh, no, Evan. Uh, E-A-L. <laughs> E-A-L. Uh, so, uh, how did you first get into uh, Dragon Quest? Well... I was four years old, and Dragon Quest Two was around. Well, Dragon Warrior at the time. My pops had it, and uh, I tried to play it. I was really horrible, so I just fought monsters and fought monsters. So I became a uh, 
pretty much an XP horror or something like that. Uh, <laughs> um, but then I forgot about the series for a very, very long time. And then um, Platy's favorite game, Drag- I mean Final Fantasy Twelve, was had a demo in Dragon Quest Eight. And uh, <laughs> oh my God, are you one of those people that actually got it for the demo instead of the game? At uh, first. Yes, the marketing worked. <laughs> At first. Um, then I played Dragon Quest Eight, went back to seven, and then from there, and then from there, I found amazing communities and stuck with that. Nice. So uh, playing a bunch of the games, what's the uh, like your favorite two? What's your favorite like mainline game? What's your favorite spinoff that you've enjoyed? Uh, mainline, I fight between seven and eleven, and then spinoff. I have a lot of love-hate relationship with uh, Builders <laughs> 2, um, mainly because I recently resold my uh, Switch version mm-hmm. because I did not like the frame rate, but I rebought it for PC, and I'm loving it very, very much. Mm. Then I also like playing Heroes off and on. Nice. nice. I, so do, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I've enjoyed all those. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I'm glad I don't have to answer that. <laughs> You just get to ask the questions. Maybe back if you go back to episode one, I probably did answer that, but I wouldn't even be able to tell you what I knew. Uh, it's been not too long ago, but I can tell you. <laughs> uh oh. What did I say my favorite spinoff was? Um, I think at the time you said you were going to go back to monsters, but yeah, as a whole, yes. I mean, uh, heck, I put 150 hours into monsters last year with between Joker Three Pro and the. Uh, is it the Dragon Quest Monsters 2 that uh, Z6N4 got out last April 1st? But I can see, I can see that. I, can I mean, see yeah, that. you know, you're a hardcore fan of the Monster series when you actually enjoy Caravan Heart. So, yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, do you have any favorite uh, monsters or characters from the series? Uh, my favorite monster straight out is a can of box. I love can of boxes. Love how they look. I love how mischievous they are. Um, and then my favorite character, um, people are going to hate me, but I, I really like Maribel. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, I like Maribel. And that's it for us uh, tonight. Uh, we, uh, thank you all for listening. It might be one of our shorter episodes. So don't worry, not April Fool's. We'll be back next month. <laughs> that's all right. All are welcome here. That's okay. It's okay. I, we, I suppose. <laughs> I'll make it easier on the PS version. You know, I can ask Pendy's opinion of uh, Caravan Heart, and uh, we'd we'd also have a little fight on our hands. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) it's okay. We got to just let this all go. Yes, yes. So why do you like Maribel? What's up with Maribel? Um, Well, a lot of people saw her as you know just very annoying. I saw her as wanting friend, a friend, but even though she didn't know how to very well talk to people her age. Um. Growing up, she was always trying to appeal to her parents, always trying to appeal very more grown up to show that she can go her own way. And I just liked that idea. Yeah, that also, I, I, <laughs> I didn't like how Kiefer ran off on me. <laughs> oh, what an abandonment issues. <laughs> I love Kiefer. Go play Caravan Heart. This all circles back to Caravan Heart. You get more time with him. It's fine. Okay, I probably will. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone talks about, like, uh, uh, that one character in Final Fantasy VII dying and, and being all sad about that. But I was more upset about Kiefer. Damn it. 
It was because uh, I was like, because I, I didn't, I honestly like wasn't a big fan of a lot of the characters in Seven, and Kiefer was one of my favorites. And then they're like, oh hey, the one that you actually like, he's yeah, he's gone forever. Oh, you son of a bitch. Oh, okay, I have a I have a Thank- save right there for Eris before she passes away because I grinded to get her last limit break. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like how Pendy was trying to keep spoiler free for like I, a twenty-five-year-old game, and <laughs> it's so <laughs> old. Yeah, True. you know what's funny is I was just reading, um, trying to proofread an article for RP Gamer, which I write for, and somebody was writing. Um, even though it's not an RPG, we'll we'll cover like RPG adjacent, and someone had played the uh, Persona Four Golden Ultra Mix, and was talking about it, and just like casually in the middle of the paragraph, they totally like give away the whole like end of persona 4 like who the bad guy oh. is and i was like whoa whoa you just dropped that in the middle of a paragraph like <laughs> I, I mean uh, probably nobody's gonna be reading this game that hasn't played the main game but like yikes that was just like so casual <laughs> i had to laugh i like went back and reread that i'm like mm, i'm not gonna be the one to tell him to pull it out like <laughs> it's one of our editors so he wants to put it in there go ahead <laughs> do it live <laughs> yep Cause go ahead, man. <laughs> All right, so uh, it's funny you mentioned Cannabox. We've had Cannabox pop up twice in a row from uh, Pendy, your last appearance on Slime Time Prime. Um, that's that's right. We had our Nani yeah. uh, Sore. That was one of her mm-hmm. uh, favorite monsters. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, she was surprised when I said, like, yeah, I know other people that it's their favorite type of monster. And it, oh, yeah, yeah, there's there's there people out there that love them. And I, th- I, I think that's a big them. reason why uh, we we mentioned how like there's you can find uh, different collectibles that feature that that monster, mm-hmm. just like the tissue box and all that other stuff. I swear, yeah. I hate that tissue box. I have the worst <laughs> allergies, so. <laughs> oh yeah, we're all fighting through it here. Yeah, I think my uh, youngest son, little Platinum Five, um, he was starting to show signs of allergies couple of weeks ago and i'm like oh man we need to take him to the doctor because he's never had allergies and every time he's looked like this we let it go for a few days and then we bring him in and they're like no it's an ear infection every time without <laughs> like so we actually brought him in this time and they're like oh no those ears are perfectly clean like it's allergies <laughs> Damn it. the one time we try to get ahead of it and now yep welcome to the family platinum five you're right there <laughs> with the rest of us <laughs> so uh Back to the questions here, Lindar. What uh, what are some of the favorite mechanics you like in Dragon Quest games? What keeps pulling you back to these games? Like, is it monster collecting stuff, job classes, casinos? I wouldn't be here if it wasn't casinos, you know. <laughs> <laughs> casinos. That's true. This is a quite casino-centric uh, episode. <laughs> uh, casinos for number one. Um, I just love the rush of RNGesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, job classes, but specifically six and seven style of way, because mm-hmm. I like how having class and char- class level and also job character level separate. It just feels right to me, so I don't feel like I uh, have to throw someone out just or go down to a lower area just to grind them back up. Oh, mm. since we since you we you're a big fan of seven, might as well ask this too. Kind of a bonus question. So, do you prefer the uh, the original or the remake? I prefer the original for mm-hmm. just the difficulty, mm-hmm. but I like the remake just for the quality of life. Um, it's really just back and forth with me, but if it right now, I would say 3DS, but if it, for about, about, probably about a few months ago, I would have said PS1. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. 
<laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I, I've got so many good memories from the PS1 that it's it's hard to be a full 3DS yeah. answer there myself, too. So uh, any games in the Dragon Quest franchise that you haven't gotten around to uh, that you want to? That I want to? Um, oh, I have played 10 recently with my buddy uh, Xavier. Well, I tried mm. to play with him. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't get through uh, not being able to read it. <laughs> Did you play on PC or Switch? I played on PC, um, and the program is just so broken, it just took me out of it. Like how, just, how broken translation. And then I tried using my phone, and I'm like, I'm not going to sit here holding WSAD and yeah. holding my phone. <laughs> I, I remember Wudis talked years ago about how he, I think he played it like when it first came out, kind of. Or maybe not when it first came out, but... Um, maybe Wii U time or something like that. But he did it with like one of the early versions of Google's like lens. And he played the whole game like oh. with something connect, like he had it on the TV or his PC, but like then the, oh, that's how he did 11. Maybe that's how he, okay. It was 11, not 10 that he did it this <laughs> way. But cause I was like, yeah, wait a minute. 10 would have been a long time ago before Google's auto translate or whatever. Um, but yeah, he, he he had this whole elaborate setup. I remember seeing one time, like holy cow, and yeah, I remember my two weeks. I think I spent on Dragon Quest Ten. That I was like, okay, if it wasn't pandemic time, if I wasn't staying awake till two or three a.m., I, I wouldn't be doing this with my phone and back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, ones though I haven't gotten around to though that I want to. I want to make time to play the Mystery Dungeon games mm. really badly because I I've, I watched a few streamers and also listening on on here how many people actually really enjoy them. I'm like, I really need to get to them. And I just also need to get the patience with monsters. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know what? You have to love... I think it's... Um, I love video games that have uh, item creation and uh, alchemy in it. Yeah. And I think that's where I love the dragon quest monsters because more so like pokemon you you don't blend the monsters you just grab one and raise it up um only silly people go iv ev training and whatever at the daycare or mixing it with a ditto and hatching ten thousand eggs to get a shiny or whatever (laughs) meh who cares about all that like no I, i love the dragon quest monsters and i know i've talked to austin about it and he he loves the pokemon way like he gets a he gets the Pokemon and he wants to keep the Pokemon and like he doesn't want to he doesn't want to have it. I'm like, nah, man, fuck it. Throw my slime, <laughs> throw my golem together, and now you know whatever. I got a box slime. I'm bring on the box slime. I'm happy. Like I, I'm every couple hours, I'll just sit there and synthesize or whatever, breed them. Different games call it different things. Like I'll just do that for like an hour, just have so much fun. And next thing you know, I've got like ten new monsters and let's go, man. <laughs> I've got one strong one to get us through because you're back to level one, just like you said, uh, like Dragon Quest Nine style. Man. Yeah. But uh, it, th- there's some. A lot of the later games have basically like metal slime areas that you can access once every few hours or whatever, just like almost to do that. Like when you're ready to do a bunch of breeding, there's a place to go to get them right back up. But no, you, you you've got to like that. You've got to like that alchemy kind of that mixing aspect. To really get into the Monsters franchise. See, what killed it for me was just because I couldn't find the command system for a bit. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't want to auto-battle. I just want to command them. Uh, yeah, there was a... Gosh, I, I know in getting back to Caravan Hearts, that, that's a harder one to just let go of a lot of. 
because you're collecting a lot of humans in it, and they don't have commands. <laughs> so, uh, all right, th- those are the good games, but uh, we were laughing earlier today that I uh, pull- pulled out a question here that I probably haven't asked in two years, um, if I remember correctly. If you had to choose one Dragon Quest game to get the axe and be erased from history, what would it be? What what could the world have lived without? Oh, that's the scene. A lot of people hate me. Nine. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> uh, luckily, I, I, luckily, Liam Liam Land's not on this on the podcast. <laughs> nine. I, I just I don't like how I see even with even with three how they do three same way uh, with the leveling system. I do mm. not like that class system whatsoever. Just get rid of it. Um, <laughs> hey, but, guess what? Lucky you, we get a 2D HD coming. I know. Sometime I'm, I'm gonna... relatively soon in the next year or two, five, <laughs> ten. I you know, whatever. Myself through that. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I gotta get the idea. Like this is not because they treat it like an offline MMORPG, and I'm like, I don't want to do that mm. unless I actually have that mm. option to play it MMO style. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can axe Dragon Quest Nine and hit from history, and then bring it, and then bring it back for a Switch and PC in the future or something, <laughs> and uh, have the leveling system like six or seven, I'll, I'm I'm full game. They they could do it seven style, seven 3ds where they you know didn't let you get ridiculously op. Yeah, um, I really like that tweak how they did that where it's because mm-hmm. that was one of the because I'm kind of the opposite. I, I prefer the nine style over the six and the seven because six and seven the OG ones it just got annoying to me because you you get all these jobs and these classes and these uh, abilities and spells and then I'd be rifling through like eight pages of abilities be like oh my god how am i i just want to get to this one ability and it's like oh okay five minutes later oh there it is now i can do the command it's just, just it's too much too much yeah. did the original uh, dragon warrior 7 did it have like the uh like later games do where it stays on the spell or the skill you use last oh the memory the memory the memory option. yeah i forget if it had if it has it does okay it does. on the 3ds yeah. Okay. Oh, oh. oh, on the 3DS, but I'm yeah, the original the one. PS1, I'd probably not. Unless I You're probably right. right but yeah, like, yeah, that because that would be the one that needed it more than anything. Because yeah, yeah, exactly what Pendy said <laughs> with like, you're, you've got seven pages of spells. Like by the time you've, uh, you know, class changed three or four times, yeah, you've built up one hell of a spell list there. Yeah, and it and the the tweak that they did to the remake of seven, um, how they did that with the class system, it made monster classes a lot more important because that was the only yes. classes where you could keep all of those uh, special abilities permanent. Whereas a lot of the abilities would go away as you switched from class to class. And that's why. I well, didn't the, the lower guys. classes? The lower classes stayed, but nothing second tier. Yeah, and it, it just it, it was never yeah. nothing really. Uh, oh yeah, by the middle high, of the game the. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the the low class stuff wouldn't have mattered anyway. Ooh, yeah, yay, I get to cast heal. <laughs> yay. The only sad part is uh, if you want to do that for every single character, you have to do around seventy k plus battles. <laughs> yeah. Now, Which... see, I'm not that much of a completionist, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was for seven, and Ooh. I got, <laughs> I went for it, and for, for all the monster classes. All monster classes for all the people. Oh. All the people. It was oh, a pain. Wow. I re- oh wow! Oh you know my what? gosh! I remember. I remember your com- some of your conversations in the Discord. How you yeah. said that you are you are a bit of a completionist when it comes yeah. to to games. So I see that now. That's a lot. <laughs> it, it's yeah. a lot, and it was a pain, and it was a lot of spending over time on my breaks at w- my old job. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there grinding away like oh they're not gonna know i'm gone for a little bit extra time 
I get it. I get it. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to figure out what I'm going to bring to play on a Friday at work. <laughs> I, I mean, some people have smoke breaks, and some people have Dragon Quest uh, class grinding breaks. You know, it's... yeah. <laughs> grab a grab a good tablet and just go. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Speaking of tablets, you know, the last Dragon Quest game I played on my tablet was a uh, Caravan Heart. Oh. <laughs> okay. Last Caravan Heart plug of the night. <laughs> All those hungry monsters. Oh, they were so hungry. <laughs> all right so uh the premise tonight uh kind of got the idea you know we we went funny uh back in february with the uh not the games we love for valentine's day we went with the games we love to hate but uh to, to turn it back around to more on topic uh we got saint patrick's day coming up here in the middle of march so you know w- what else do you associate with saint patrick's day other than uh getting snakes out and you know the luck of the irish I yeah. laddie. I so uh, Everyone started gets drunk. Yangus <laughs> uh, and I were, were chatting back and forth. I'm like, I want, I want to do a getting lucky episode. Let's uh, and it, and uh, he was like, what? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I, I know a joke all the time, but like, no, let's like the play the getting lucky in the casinos or the whatever different stuff in the different games side side stuff. Um, so unfortunately, I think I don't know if we mentioned it, Yangus. Could not to be here tonight. Uh, he might be joining. If you hear him later on, he's uh, hopefully Matt Craft style going to slide in with some audio that he'll uh, send to me afterwards. Um, got invited to a big party tonight, last minute, and he's like, no, 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 the show must go on. Get Lindar on and you guys get going. So uh, my response to that was, hell yeah. Oh, wait. That's hell what yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what I just read on the Google sheet. So uh, talking about some uh, things that we get lucky in video games, uh, Linda, we're going to let you start off tonight as our featured guest. What a hell yeah do you want to talk about first? <laughs> well, um, the game Hell Yeah was actually a very yeah. forgotten game for um, the 360 that we, I believe, the, oh, the three PS3 and PC made by Sega. And uh, it's actually actually Sega. a really fun platformer. Um it's actually quite forgotten. Uh, most people don't even know much about it, but I remember quite a bit. Here's me raising my hand. I don't know much about it. Yep. <laughs> um, well, the game premise is that you are the Prince of Hell, which is a rabbit. That's just a <laughs> dead rabbit named Ash. Um, and he's actually succeeding the throne for his father, uh, the King of Hell. Mm-hmm. And the issue is, before his coronation... A, tab- a paparazzi photographer was actually going to his, ha- his, th- his house, and outside his bathroom uh, window, he took a picture of Ash in the bathtub with a rubber ducky, which just puts shame to his name. He wants to be the most <laughs> angry, most vile rabbit of hell. So what does he do? Naturally, he just gets on his unowheel uni- motorcycle with a saw blade and just goes to kill out 100 notorious monsters of hell to reclaim, reclaim, reclaim sorry, his fame for being the biggest badass in hell. How have I okay, never heard this before? The, the, this, <laughs> did you say you had or haven't? No, I haven't. I haven't. I, oh, haven't. I have not either. But holy shit, that premise is... <laughs> okay. It's, it's a very funny game. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things is that whenever you fight the the notorious monsters, the bosses, um, you get a quick time event, and they're mostly luck based too. Like there's claw games. There, like for one uh, for one of them, there's uh, quite a few other ones. I see where. Oh yeah, there's this one where it's actually slots, 
And if you mm-hmm. get if you get a if you actually get a lucky on there, T Rex <laughs> comes out and bites the monster <laughs> the monster's head right off. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's gory. It's bloody. Um, but I'm here to talk about my favorite level on there. It's the one that made me forget the rest of the game because I just stayed there playing slots. <laughs> and that is the casino level. And you would think that hell is, a hell casino is going to be just blood, gore everywhere. Um, nah, nah, it's, it's blue skies, crystals over everywhere, clear, crystal clear water and fountains and slots everywhere that, for 10 bucks saying, waste your money. <laughs> See, I would imagine hell would be all those slots. You could never win. <laughs> oh, uh, actually, no. There's a maximum payout of 10000 Um, when also you just get a lot of nothing. It's actually you, a short game. What do you use the money for? Is there, like, equipment oh. and stuff you can buy? Oh, yeah, because um, you're on this, this motorcycle that has guns and rocket launchers, grenades, machine guns, all the works pretty much, and you use the refill your ammo, um, ah, buy okay. cosmetics. Nice. Um, I turn just for shits and giggles. I actually turned my unit motorcycle, the saw blade, into a rubber ducky. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you were trying to avoid. <laughs> I well, you know, I, I don't care. Des- decides to own it. <laughs> Gonna own it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. I got um, a ru- rubber ducky. Come at um, me, and I'm going to go kill you <laughs> with my rubber ducky. Rubber ducky with a golden revolver <laughs> to match. Um, most items in the game are not very expensive from over like usually a hundred dollars to the most expensive things are really the, not even the cosmetics. It's actually the refill your ammo for your limited ammo items like your grenade launcher, but it's a short game. Um, I highly recommend it. If you just want for shits and giggles for like six hours, it's a very short game. And, uh, there's a lot of on steam. It's on steam. Yes. Yep. Um, one of my favorite monsters is actually in the casino. Um, it's a, uh, <laughs> a playing card that makes a, uh, fan club of you. And what makes it horrible is that they have a censored, like, logo, like, like a little TV sensor in the middle of it to make you guess what the heck's going in the center of it. So I guess it's trying to get lucky with, the, with Ash because it's taking pictures and posting them <laughs> everywhere. <sighs> Speaking of Maybe. slots... <laughs> oh man uh, yeah so hell yeah wrath of the dead rabbit that's what i'm seeing that's pretty funny oh yeah um the fact they named him ash i'm like you know video game ash it gives a, a different connotation than a rabbit in hell i know <laughs> and actually whenever i first found out his name was ash i'm like am i gonna have a boomstick and you get a boomstick so don't worry <laughs> groovy groovy <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of groovy, uh, my next game is uh, Diablo with guns, Borderlands. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll let you go ahead and do your second one, and then we'll uh, cut over to Pendy after a bit. Okay. Bring the Dragon Quest back in, because <laughs> we always know he does. <laughs> well, I'll go quick with this. Um, Borderlands, a lot of people have uh, played it. I'm certain many of you listeners here have played Borderlands. Probably none of you have in here so far, but... Um, it is a, I'm just going to say, without saying the lore, it's a pretty much a complete game of RNG. Guns are, <laughs> you get uh, killing monsters constantly to get your best guns, trying to kill uh, bosses to get your best armor, everything like that. But there's slots, and there's lots of slots. There's slots for your guns, there's slots for your, your grenades. Um, you could waste 
your life away at the slots just to try to get in a uh, legendary item in there because it takes it's only a 0.02% chance to get a legendary item, which that was calculated out of 32,768 tries. Jeez. Oh, it's <laughs> like those Alka Miracles in 9. I hated that. <laughs> yeah, I never even... Uh, I'll be honest, I think I stopped playing 9 before I even knew that was a thing. <laughs> I never even knew that was a thing. <laughs> for, for the best, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the the very uh, like endgame advanced alchemy that you can do to get certain, like, super items that are out there it's alchemicals and it's it's got a ridiculously low uh, percentage to actually work just like you're explaining for borderland borderlands so yeah um one of my favorite things is uh i like to play this game a lot with my wife it's a really great uh cooperative game and there's times we'll just sit there and waste every bit of our money in the game until we have nothing and then like okay we go back to story now well we're just at the slots <laughs> It's my wife and I are both gamblers and we don't know when to stop. And that's the problem. That's why we do it in games and not in real life. <laughs> there, you there know you what? This is, that's the healthy way to do it. There you go. Yes. <laughs> You're not like, recording I'm not gonna... from some back alley in Vegas right now. Like, Hey man, can I get through my game so I can go back to the slots? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to go out in the street and start punching people. Well, because a, uh, I would, I would lose. But B, I can play Street Fighter and do it health in, in a more healthy environment. And yeah. There you go. But yeah, the slots are pretty fun in Borderlands because also you can uh, do one that's called an Iridium slots, and that's just to boost your character's stats and backpack and get more backpack slots to go back out and do more RNG stuff and monsters. So you're just, it's just a constant game of gambling and praying for RNG. <laughs> so there's there's slots to like boost stats and stuff like that yeah, not just um, like get, money um you get uh it's called iridium it's a type of currency which you can go okay. and purchase stat boosting things like uh more more ammo uh, more ammo slots uh more grenade slots and stuff like that so you can just keep firing and throwing grenades nice i guess that may be better than the stupid guy i keep meeting in pokemon arceus it's like Hey, I can show you how to pack your backpack a little tighter. Pay me a thousand. Pay me a thousand Pokey dollars. I'm like, son of a bitch, really? He's like, oh, I can, I can, I can show you how to pack it even better for fifteen hundred. Oh, I can show you even better for two thousand. I'm like, it's not even expanding. It's like literally the guy's just like, I'll show you better packing techniques. It's, like, it's the freaking. It's Marie Kondo, like. <laughs> so, I guess in that game, there's not always room in your bag. There's not always room in the bag. I later on stuff on the ground all the time. Yep. <laughs> later on, I teach you how to vacuum seal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, until then, it just sucks. Um, so, I, I was gonna say for Borderlands, which uh, Borderlands do you recommend that you like to gamble in the most? Ah, uh, two. Just be, okay. just because the. Mad Moxie's uh, bar. It's, it's, that's where you go to to gamble in most of the games. Mm-hmm. It's just the great music. Um, there's a tip jar there, which when you give a tip, whenever you give uh, around $10,000, I believe, if I remember right, to Mad Moxie, she's, she starts pulling out guns out her tits. And <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, then. And they are all uh, into windows <laughs> with, the, with the gun names. Oh, lovely. Oh, yes. Hey, you're like, if that's where you're going to pull them from, then just yeah, go, lean into it. 
lean yeah, over and then lean into it. Um, though in Borderlands Three, that one of the cool things in there is uh, whenever you get a really good successful roll for real luck, good luck, um, there is a jingle that's based off of Legend of Zelda. Whenever you get an item from the chest, oh yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty, it's funny you mentioned Zelda. You talking about you know, pulling stuff out of your tits? Uh, one of my <laughs> son's friends was uh, over one time, and we're playing. Gosh, I want to say it was the original um, Hyrule Warriors. And, of course, my kids were like six and four at the time. Like, whatever, there's fairies, whatever. Or I'm playing as Linkle or whatever. And, like, my son's friend is like, every time she gets a treasure chest, you see her butt. (laughs) She's, like, leaning into the treasure chest. He's like, look, there's a butt. So, like, of course, for, like, the next 20 hours of gameplay over the next couple weeks, like, that's all my kids could say. Every time we were getting a treasure chest, like, look at her butt. Like, oh, God. Thank you, friend. You got to have a reward somehow or another. Yeah. Get the upskirt for the uh, treasure chest. <laughs> oh boy, treasure booty. Gotta get the oh, that, see that. Ah, was the Damn there, it! There it is. I gotta just. I, I should edit all that out and just be like, oh, I gotta get the booty. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if we're talking about booties. Uh, we might as well talk about Pendy. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, that was a horrible transition. But Pendy, shaking it right well, now. You can't yeah. see. Yeah. But... <laughs> well, well, what Dragon Quest game do you like to shake it in? <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, well. I like to shake it in all the Dragon Quest games, but uh, the one sure. I'm going to focus in on is uh, we're going to go back to Dragon Quest Seven, and in particular, we're going to talk about uh, Lucky Panel. And uh, okay. Lucky Panel, it's a simple game, and that's why I love it so much. It's uh, like I said, it's from Seven, and uh, when you're on your way to All Trades Abbey, you run into the first casino in the game at uh, Pilgrim's Rest. At least that's what's called in the 3DS version. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it has much of a name in the original. But uh, as far as activities there go, I mean, yeah, there's a book in a, in a bookshelf that's actually a surprise monster trap. That's fun. And, and yes, there's a bar and there's bunny girls. Sure, there's poker and slot machines to be played there. But the real draw for me is the lucky panel game. It, like I said, it's super simple to play. It's just a match game where you flip over flip over hidden panels to reveal prizes. So when you first start out, you get to flip over six panels, which will stay flipped over. And then you take turns trying to match the rest. Now, if you get one wrong, um, you, you can only get so many wrong. So if you get three wrong, then you lose and you don't get anything. you got to start over. Uh, but if you match them all, you win all the items shown on the board. It's great. So uh, one of the things that you can run into, one of the panels... On the in the board will be a, a pointing finger that gives you an extra turn, but there's another panel that's a like an open hand symbol, and that shuffles all the unflipped panels. Oh, and, that one sucks. Yeah, yeah, that can uh, that can that can uh, give you a hard time sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, the prizes you can win in that game vary from gold and armor, weapons, or or even monster hearts, and those are you know essential for the monster class changing in that game. And casinos in Dragon Quest can be uh, very frustrating sometimes, uh, at least as far as, as I go when it comes to a lot of the casino games. But this one's nice and easy and just, you know, with a little bit of luck involved. Usually when I play it, I bring like a little, I have a little pen and paper to keep track of the board. And, you know, that open hand that shuffles the panels can ruin your round. But it's a nice little uh, element that keeps the game uh, exciting. There are four different lucky panel games to uh, the four different locations that have lucky panel games to win prizes. There's uh, like I said, there's Pilgrim's Rest 
in the past and in the present. There's Buckingham, the casino there, and then even a haven where once you've recruited enough citizens uh, for that town, then a casino will appear with Lucky Panel there as well. And uh, fun fact, Brandon, son of Woodis, developed an app that you can use to keep track of your game. It's pretty cool. I tried it out the other day. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I just got to say, do you like how I phrase that, though? Brandon, son of Woodis, maker of the mighty app. <laughs> that was good. I remember when, I, I, gosh, you know, way back when, it was for the PS1 only, well before that. So I think he would have probably coded that when he was a young teen. Yeah, because like there's... 10 years ago or something. It's it's quite a while. Because there's, I mean, there's I know two, he's updated it. Yeah, there's two There's two apps, because I saw that there was the, the one for Dragon Warrior, which is like a uses Java, and I'm mm-hmm. not sure who programmed that exactly, um, whether that was him or one of his sons, but he, oh, he definitely I, pointed yeah, out that... Yeah, there's a son. Oh, okay. So probably the same son uh, ended up doing an, an updated one for the 3DS version as well, I noticed. So that was cool. Oh, I'm playing on it right now. That's cool. I don't think I don't even think I ever saw the updated one. It's got music in the background. It's nice. <laughs> it's got the world map there. Mm-hmm. I yeah, it's got all the little rooms rest right now as I speak. Just. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. What do What do you guys uh, think of Lucky Panel? Oh God, I played the hell out of it, Linda. I'll, I'll let you talk first, and then I'll go in along. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't play too too much of it. Um, as I mostly grinded for my monster hearts, um, Mm -hmm. I also just played a lot of slots for money. So (laughs) (laughs) I I, I see the theme going here with you and, uh, the the games and the, uh, (laughs) what you're talking about. So yeah, I can see that now. Um, I don't know if you know this Pendy, the pilgrims rest in the present and the past. Are they different prizes? Yes. Yeah, oh. that was that was the nice thing about it is uh, there's only one version. As far as I saw, there's only one version in, in Buckingham. And then, of course, like Haven just has the one version because Haven is just Haven because I don't think there's a past and a present Haven, just the the no. the, the main one. But yeah, the, there's past Haven. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, it, the, if you're talking, if you oh, go ahead. Pilgrim's Rest. Yes, there is different prizes for the the past and the present versions of that oh. uh, lucky panel, which is cool because I think like. I forget which one is which, but one of them has uh, one of the Monster Hearts as a prize, uh, which is probably mm-hmm. one of the better prizes to get in Lucky Panel, and the other one doesn't. So it's just kind of more minor stuff. Especially what. since like that's when the class system opens up. Right, exactly. So yeah. like, because you you're, you haven't hit All Trades Abbey yet, so it's not like you could really do anything with a Monster Heart at that point. I mean, you could save it for later, but I think that's why the, the later Pilgrim's Rest that you run into has a Monster Heart as a prize, because by that time you have... In the into present the day. yeah, 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 yeah. Because the Pilgrim's Rest is like what you stop at when you go to the past, right outside of All Trades. Yeah, yeah, it's it's on that island. So wow, you know what? I don't in all this game, like I really don't know if I heck, I, it was the same one. So I probably just went there whenever. Um, but like that's the one I remember more than anything. Like late in the game, you know, Buckingham has it, and Haven is the immigrant town. And in the uh, PS1 version, you had to really do a shitload of work to get the uh, the casino town mm-hmm. to turn into that. Like, I, I remember on my PS1, I had my main game, and then I started a second game on a different memory card and played all the way up through, at least through Haven, um, the immigrant town. So probably like the third or fourth um, 
place just to open up all the places and then like you could duplicate your save file and so like i would make sure to try to get like one of every type of immigrant and then i would duplicate the heck out of that save file like hey i need you know seven merchants so let me trade seven of my people from my main game with seven you know with each one of my duplicated save second games like i spent so much time so 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 much time on uh Dragon Quest Seven on the original, and I played the hell out of the lucky panel. Um, I, I did the first time. I remember just grinding up so much money the first time I played through. Um, I don't think I went for Monster Hearts much, and I don't think I played so much on the second or the third one. But, um, yeah, the second time I played the PS1 version was, uh, gosh, 2008. Um, it was right after I got divorced at that time, and I was just like, well, what do I do when I come home every now every day? Like... <laughs> I'm living in living in my uh, one bedroom apartment and I'm done working at like three thirty every day. Like, OK, that's a lot of time on my hands. Well, I played the hell out of uh, Dragon Quest seven for a few months before I got it back into the dating game. And that gosh, that I oh, I could probably say maybe a quarter is too much, but a good 10 to 20 percent of my time might have been on Lucky Panel. Oh, and you mentioned uh, having like multiple save files that just for some reason that reminded me of how Dragon Warrior 7 was on the PlayStation and how you had like the little save file that I think for that one, wasn't it like a little blue slime for the Dragon Quest save slot? Because each game because each game had like its uh -huh. own unique little avatar that would have for a save file. So mm -hmm. so all the, the Dragon Quest ones had different like Dragon Quest themed uh, avatars. And I think seven might have had the slime blue slime, but I'm not sure. But I just thought that was I thought that was really awesome when we got uh, that game on the PlayStation. I was like, oh, I got my little Dragon Quest avatar for the save. This is mm -hmm. great. <laughs> yeah, at the time I, I just I just had a whole memory card for Chrono Cross. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that game was good. That game was good. I, I did enjoy it. I'm one of the few people that really loved the hell out of that after not giving two shits about Chrono Trigger. <laughs> see, I have I have all eleven endings on one memory card. So. Woo. Yeah, that's some dedication. It's fun. <laughs> but uh, Dragon Quest Seven wise um, I just re refreshed myself, actually, at a lucky panel. And I remembered why I don't like it. Because <laughs> I, I got the shuffle. Get the shuffle. I'm like, yeah. It got you. It yeah, got, got you. It right there. And you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm like, why, why am I doing this? I'll well, take my... Go ahead. I was going to say, um, that's the one thing that kills me because, you know... We're talking about getting lucky and all this stuff. And this is one of the I, the ones I'm going to talk about are like ones that I not so much the slots where you just, you know, you got to wait to get lucky. Like yeah. I like the ones where you have some agency in it and definitely luck, lucky panty, lucky, <laughs> lucky panel <laughs> there. Uh, you have agency because, I mean, it's either you're testing your memory or testing if you have pen and paper nearby. <laughs> See, my and, last one's going to be pretty good. And I, I do remember. uh you know, I never used Brandon's uh, app because I don't think it was there the first time I played. And I think the second time I played, I was uh, I just like photocopied pages and pod pages upon pages of those grids because I think it was what, like a five by four grid. And I could fit, gosh, like 30 of them on a page if I was small enough. And I had like shorthand for all the different things because there's not always just matching uh Pendy, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not always matching items, but isn't there some symbols that you match on some? 
Well, yeah, I mean, they're all, I think they're all, uh, they're done that way. It's like all symbols. It's all like the symbol of the armor that you might get or the, the weapon that you might get or the, or there's like a little, there, I think there's a little bag for if you're going to get gold. Yeah, the item, yeah. The gold and stuff like that. The mo- monster heart is monster heart and stuff like that. There was one, one of those one place had swords that were way too similar. Oh, yeah. Oh. Divine dagger and I forgot the other sword. Yep. Like everything else looks really, you know, unique, clear. Unique, yes, but there there was one that was a pain in the ass, especially, you know, if you're playing PS1 and you're sitting like 10 feet away from your TV, you know, your old CRT 25-inch, and you're like, what the hell, I, I just matched blur. that. I'm going to pick that again, because like, that's a match. No, it's still not a match. Wait, no, it is, it is. Those are those are alike, and then you get really close, and I'm like, son of a bitch, there's like two pixels different that you can't tell from 10 feet away. When you leave that game, you're only just getting a moon bulb. I'm like, oh, <laughs> My 20 tokens going to Moon Revolve. I could have got that cheaper. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that, that was one of the few games like on this thing that I don't think I ever had to like save and reset much for. I felt like I could always do well enough on that. Uh, I got my money's worth because, you know, it might just be some leather armor, but I can go sell that for like 110. Saves coming. How dare you? Yes. Oh, well, no. we're going to talk about saves coming. We're going to talk about how I got over 350,000 tokens in my uh, next game, which I loaded it up tonight and was like, holy crap, I really had that many. And seeing what the initial bid is, I'm like, how did I do that? Um, so the first one I'm going to talk about is Nino Kuni. Uh, the Wrath of the White Witch version had a card game in the casino called Platoon and like finding my way back to the casino to when I loaded up the game today to refresh myself. That was fun. Um, totally forgot that the casino was totally full of undead. Um, it is in a pathway up a mountain, dark area in the game. And you walk in, there's just a casino and it's full of skeletons and witches and all this kind of stuff and some humans in there. But I had, uh, when I went to pull it up today, it was like, oh, well, what freaking save am I going to pull up? Like, I was like, oh, well, look at that one. I got one with save clear data. And I walked into the casino and they're like, oh, and it, it did say it was like, oh, you've never loaded the save with the clear data. Would you like to? There's bonuses, whatever. I walk into the casino and they throw a party. And instead of a uh, VIP card, since it is an undead casino, I got an RIP card. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's pretty funny. I, di- I didn't go into the back room, though. I was like, no, no, no. Straight to the platoon table. So uh, platoon's a card game that's basically war. Um, it is war, but it is five piles versus five piles war. And it's funny because, I mean, they, they use all this, like, war terminology. Uh, your piles of cards end up being units. Um, it tells you how long your campaign has gone if you're winning multiple games in a row. Um, so it's got, got, got some little war terminology in there. But basically, you get shuffled ten cards at the beginning of your turn, and it's just a regular deck of cards two through ace um with jokers the special like two all the way up through queen are just worth what it would be in poker or in any like card game worth two points three points uh 10 jack and queen are worth 10 um the kings are automatic win cards except aces um they have a bishop's helmet on them and they're an auto lose card bishop card always loses except if it's played against the king so it's automatically the worst except if you play against the best it becomes bigger and then there are joker cards which has like a little um 
witch's hat on it and if it, you play that you and your opponents switch hands so it's always good to play that on a really crappy hand so when you throw it against an opponent hey let me give me let, you hold my crappy hand i'll take your good one so when the game starts uh it it's an automatic you have to bet 200 coins uh or 200 tokens i believe is what the money in the casino is you bet 200 and it goes through the rules a little bit but basically you're dealt 10 cards and you have to put those 10 cards into five different stacks um, any way you want. So you got to at least put five cards down, but then you, the last five cards, you can use them to make stacks. Um, you know, do you want to put three queens together and have a stack worth 30 points? Do you just want to throw a two? You know, you got a random two. Do you want to throw a two on a stack? Um, knowing that you're going to lose that one anyway, like what else are you going to do with this two? Or do you want to take the two and pair it with a king? So someone's like, oh, look at that stack is not that good. But hey, it's got a king in it. It's an auto winner. Um, once you have put all your stacks together, it asks you to pick a winner. And it's like, OK, so like a little kind of side bet into the game. Like which which hand do you think is going to actually win? And I'm not 100 percent chance or not 100 percent sure if you can only pick your hand or the opponents, too. I think you could actually bet on the opponents, if I'm not mistaken. You could. Do you remember? You yeah. could. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. So yeah, so without seeing any cards, just like looking at the sizes of the um, piles, be like, mm, why does my opponent have one card in that stack? Could it be a king? Maybe I'll just bet on him to win that one. And um, and then it goes. It like flips a coin, or it, it you you get shuffled cards to see who goes first, and you pick one of your five stacks, and then you pick which opponent stack do you want to go against. You actually get to uh, choose the hand that you play against the cards get flipped over you know most of the time it's just hey who's got the higher total wins but you know that's where the aces uh being bishop being an auto loser the kings being the auto winner and jokers making you flip cards come into it and it just comes down to you know who wins there's five decks against five decks who wins the most who has the most each time um it's simple because it's just who got higher numbers and there's a total of you know three cards that have anything to do you play a king you're probably going to win unless you accidentally miss against an ace and then the joker well can't really plan for that it just flips your hands around um i loved it because it brought back dragon quest 4 vibes with the uh good old poker table where you could let it ride double or nothing because this definitely lets you do double or nothing um, loaded up tonight. I had 350,000 tokens, and I know I spent a good amount of tokens on uh, gold familiars, the gold forms of the monsters that you're collecting in that game, which had some pretty decent stats and also looked cool because they were all gold. Um, but I spent a lot of money on that <laughs> to find that I had 350,000 left, and this is all from, you know, 200 token bets. 200 token bets, and then you make a side bet. So, you know, now it's up to like 300 and then, oh, hey, guess what? You won the hand. So now you have 600. Do you want to put that forward into your campaign? And then, you know, that 600 could become 900, double to 18. And, you know, it, it stops you after a while, which I did find out at one point was like, no, I can't let it ride anymore. Um, but I I played hours of this. I played this game for review for RP Gamer like two and a half years ago when it first came to Switch. And my gosh, I probably could have gotten my review out a week or two earlier if I had not played so much Platoon. And, 
you know, I definitely save scummed because, you know, I let it ride for a while, especially at the beginning when you only had 200 tokens. I mean, the good part is you don't have to save scum very much after it, because if you win like three hands, suddenly you're up to like 10,000 tokens. You do that. And I mean, you could lose 10 times in a row and not even lose very much. But I, I always loved coming up with a strategy, trying to outthink the computer because, you know, I stick a king with a two. And that way, the, you know, that hand doesn't look super strong being just two cards tall instead of like a, a pile of three or four. But, you know, computer says, hey, I got four cards. I'm going to flip them over and I'm going to put it against your stack of two. Well, screw you, computer. I got a king there. So uh, or just, you know, piling an ace with a bunch of uh, little cards. Like if I got like three twos, I'm like, son of a bitch. Why do I have three twos? Putting three twos together with an ace and then, you know, getting that lucky win against the king. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they thought they were putting their king down. Yeah, they thought they were putting their king down against a, a stack of four cards. Like, screw you. I'm going to take out your 40 pound stack with my king. <laughs> nope. That point was that thing is worth worthless. But it's got an ASOS. <laughs> so I, I I don't know what it was. It was I, I think it's just the simplicity of it. It's just war. It's five yeah, versus just, five war. Yeah, it's just a bigger war. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a bigger um, war. With, with extra rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, and, it, and it wasn't like a ton of extra rules. It's literally no. three cards that you got to remember. Yep. Yeah, I, uh, I have 91 hours into Nino Kuni. <laughs> um, ten of those is probably Blackjack and Platoon. <laughs> nice. And uh, see, you, normally Blackjack would be like if a real casino, I walk in, I'm playing Blackjack. But oh, yeah. Th- this was. This was the moneymaker in the game. Yep. Just because of the double or nothing. I mean, you could do double yep. or nothing in, in blackjack, but okay, the blackjack, it felt like it was cheating constantly. <laughs> After a certain amount of times of double or nothing, you just like lose it all, like one swoop. I'm like, oh, damn it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And see, blackjack, you know, there, there's a little bit of strategy, but like this, you could really, like, I even, I swear, like in my adult brain after playing the computer too much like i would start to like see patterns in how they put their cards and single single card it's, it's either uh, it's, an, it's an ace it's or a king like ace or yep. king mm-hmm. um what else was there i would just get to a point where i'm like okay this is just going to be a, a turn-based tactical rpg inside of a in a card game format <laughs> <laughs> i just yeah. liked how you could bet against yourself though i i i yeah, I like to oh, bet oh. against myself. Just like, am I gonna screw this? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because you could bet. Like, okay, I know I'm putting my ace, which is an automatic loser, here. I'm gonna bet on that pile of the opponents, and then on your turn, you know, if you were, you know, lucky enough to go first, or you know, when it became your turn second, if these piles weren't gone, cool. I'm gonna put my ace against their stack, <laughs> knowing that I'm going to lose. <laughs> oh. Okay. Because yeah, you could you could bet on their hand to win before you flip anything over, and like I said, on your turn, like the way it goes back and forth, um, once you determine turn order, you decide which stacks you want to put against which stacks. So, yeah, if you put- if you know you've got a losing stack, you might as well bet on one of the other stacks, like bet on your opponent. It's just and one of those make sure games. to lose to him. <laughs> it's one of those games when you explain it to someone, it's like what, but then you play it with them, like ah. Oh. This is simple. Yeah. Oh, I, and, uh, I hadn't played it probably in two and a half years, and I played it 30 minutes today. And by I, I won the first three in a row and was like, holy crap, man, I'm I'm letting it ride. I'm in like in the 10,000s here. No wonder I have 350,000 that I lost. <laughs> yeah, this whole betting on uh, yourself and, and uh, whether you're going to win or lose and reminds me of a 
Trivial Pursuit game that I have, but it has a twist where you can actually, um, it, it involves like uh, tokens uh, that you bet with. And once it comes down to someone answering a question to get like a pie chip, like you would bet whether they would get the answer wrong or right. And you could you could get you could get chips that way. And that was kind of involved in how the game was played. It was interesting that way. Kind of a a gambling aspect that they added to the normal Trivial Pursuit, which is usually just answers and questions and and pies, pie pieces and little wheel. Okay, I'm I'm going to humble brag right here because I, I haven't had a chance to even mention this in like 10 years. Um, I got in a really competitive mood with a guy I worked with many years ago. I want to say about 15 years back, we were talking one day and like, you were both smart people. We're like, you know what? I don't know how it even came up. Like, I wonder if we could get into Mensa. So for no other reason other than it came up at lunch one day, we went and took an entrance to get into Mensa and we both got in. We went to one meeting at a library and thought, whoa, these people are a little bit, this is a little too weird for us. <laughs> Maybe we're smart people, but that's not really our jam. But like at their one meeting, they were talking about having a game um, day on a Saturday. And we're like, eh, you know what? It's 10 minutes up the road. Let's go play board games with them. We went and played the original stinking uh, Trivial Pursuit, which, mm-hmm. gosh, uh. those questions are well, those are hard. Some of them can be. And I yes. won. I won. Oh, that's awesome. I like in a group of like six Mensa people. <laughs> and and I, I, I think my buddy John may have helped by influencing what their final question was. I He picked history and I was like, oh, you know, God. But then he goes, those questions are ridiculous. But I got it right. I was like, oh, my God. We never went to another Mensa thing. Never mentioned it again. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to get our boss to like pay for our membership just so we could put it on our resume. And she's like, I'm not paying for that. I was like, oh, it looks nice for the school. She's like, no, it wouldn't. Yeah, so, it would. yes. Yeah, it would. You know, why not? We're a private we're a private elementary school. You would your kids taught by Mensa teachers? Come on, man. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, you should want it, but <laughs> so yes, my should I say like my two weeks in Mensa. I won Trivial Pursuit. That was it. <laughs> but no, that sounds fun. And I don't think I've ever played Trivial Pursuit since because the original game is it's a little old at this time yeah they have some uh fun variations on the game it can be can be interesting Mm -hmm. i can't play trivial pursuit harry potter version with a friend of mine because she'll just stop my (laughs) wife and i with the most obscure questions in the world (laughs) and see i think my wife's got a couple versions and looking at the ones i'm like i would never i would never win those (laughs) just they've stayed boxed up for 10 years (laughs) All right, Pendy, why don't I let you go again with your uh, second game? I'm sure it's Dragon Quest again, but that's okay. It is, and I'll be focusing in on a certain casino. I mean, uh, with this one, now here's a casino. Oh, oh. (laughs) there's my Chris Collinsworth coming out. Now here's a guy. (laughs) No, There's a $20 million a year comment. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so... Uh, here's a fun casino in Dragon Quest that's also a plot point in the game. So be warned, minor Dragon Quest XI spoilers ahead, because this is the casino in Dragon Quest XI. I'm not going to go like really in-depth. I'm going to keep it really vague, so it's very minor spoilers. But just in case someone wants to be careful, uh, there will be some. But at a certain we point say in the game... Act 2? <laughs> uh, yeah, specifically yeah, Act 2. Yes. And so, yeah, at that in Act Two, at a certain point in the game, uh, you have to go visit the town of Octagonia, which would be your second time. And the first time you go there, uh, the town is centered around fighting tournaments. And now 
that monsters in Act Two, when you go to you know, visit again, monsters have taken taken it over, and it's kind of been re well, not kind of it has been reformatted into a casino instead of uh, having a fighting tournaments. And you know, look at this; it has mystery prizes, and all but one of the prizes is not shown. It's all question marks with the various different uh, amount of tokens that you have to. Uh, to get to get these mystery prizes i mean and what could these prizes be a eh? well w- when i got to this point in the game I-, I went to the slot machines and wow win after win jackpot after jackpot metal mode metal mode jackpots you get a jackpot oh, you get great. a jackpot you get a jackpot it became very <laughs> apparent very quickly that something wasn't quite right here and the mystery prizes cypress stick medicinal herb boxer shorts <laughs> oh and of course Everyone's favorite item from the series, horse manure. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes. Stuff's the so, shit. So it certainly I is. I the Dragon Balls for boxer shorts now. <laughs> <laughs> so with this uh, scenario, with this casino, the cake is a lie. The casino is just an evil monster ruse. And after you free a fellow party member and the town, you actually lose all the tokens that you have accumulated from this casino. But, you know, hey, you do get to keep that horse manure if you got it. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or, as we, or as it used to be called, the gum pod. <laughs> the gum pod. Oh, uh, that's that's got to horse manure that uh, gets handed over later. Oh, yeah. That's, that's great. <laughs> One of the best scenes in the game. Uh, but after it turns into a real casino with real prizes, I did still enjoy it. Uh, and there's a, a fairly effective method with the uh, roulette wheel involving a certain bunny girl that will tell you she's got a good feeling about someone getting the jackpot. Um, and the number 12, right? 12? Uh, it's, 12 it's, or 14? Uh, I think oh, both. Yeah, you you uh, bet on 13. two numbers. Oh, see, it's right in there. It's in the low teens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Such of a guide. Don't trust us. You, you bet on two numbers <laughs> when she says that she's feeling someone's going to get lucky. And usually within like... You know, a few tries, you can get it. It doesn't take too long to get. I've seen some people mm-hmm. where it, is, it does still involve RNG, but eventually you're going to get it pretty quickly. But uh, in general, I mean, just gambling in Dragon Quest has a long history to it. I mean, it started with uh, Tombola, the Tombola game in 2. Then there was betting on monster fights in 3. And then straight-up traditional casino games such as slot machines and poker tables in 4. Uh, other various games have showed up too, like you had Slime Racing in 5. And that even got its own physical board game counterpart that they sold in Japan. I don't know if you guys That's have seen true. that. Oh, yeah. I have. Yeah. And uh, where traditional casino games show up in uh, Dragon Quest games, my personal strategy when it comes to that is that usually I build up tokens uh, first by playing some poker, doing that double or nothing for a little bit. And then once I kind of build up uh, what I have, then I usually go for broke with the more expensive uh, slot machines until I win big. That's usually how I get the, the better items in those traditional casinos in those games. Oh, and you know, it's I, I, I have to add this as well <laughs> because so I'm on... I'm on uh, Dragon Questers on Facebook all the time, right? And so we get new people in that haven't played the game yet, and they get to that point in the game. They get to the Monster Casino, <laughs> and then they start. They they a lot of these these people will brag about it on the group on the group, and they'll post pictures and be like, "Oh, look at me! I'm winning all these tokens, and I got this metal mode <laughs> jackpot, and this is the best thing ever!" And oh my god, I'm so I'm so lucky. And we're like, we're just like, we're just like, okay, we're it, like, it's like I want to go in. And say something, but I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you. You gotta get it out whole, on your own. The whole horse manure experience. Yes. <laughs> I no, mean, I'm not, 
try not to spoil it from them and be like, oh, you know, just keep going. Just keep going, man. <laughs> I was one of them on the release. <laughs> uh, I was one of those people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we see that every once in a while and it's so funny. It's like, oh my God, it's the Monster Casino is the best ever. And we're like, yeah, just yeah, just keep going. See what happens. It's great. Yeah, we know. We know. It's good. Have fun. <laughs> I mean, but, if you want uh, gamblers high and not know the prizes, keep going. <laughs> oh yeah, and you, you get in the millions. <laughs> but uh, what what about uh, all of you? Any favorite uh, games or strategies that you like to use with Dragon Quest casinos? Go ahead, Linda. Um, I actually just hand the controller to my wife. <laughs> just that is a strategy. Up. All yep. Because right, she loves playing slots. And if there's slots in a game, it's gonna keep going forever. And if it if there's poker, because I don't know how to play poker, but her she grew up playing poker, and so uh, the earlier casino with poker, she would just sit there and play that forever. But safe scumming's my my game my jam. Yeah. So. <laughs> I I would have to say safe scumming is a uh, number one method. Um, but then pretty much Pendy, I'm like you. Like I I like poker because it's more interactive um but i feel like if i'm going for fifty thousand, hundred thousand, freaking coins to get like you know the metal slime armor or whatever liquid metal armor uh, i'm not going to get that from poker i i need to hit those huge slot wins so you know yeah you know the poker's for fun maybe get some lower prizes but basically it's just it's the grind to get enough that you can go to the hundred slot, hundred coin slots, and be able to do it ten or twenty times. Yeah, exactly. Before you lose everything and save scum after. <laughs> yeah, it's just so I don't have to save scum as much. It's just so because I know <laughs> yeah. I can, I can usually build up like a decent pot with the poker mm-hmm. with the poker game, and then then I have enough that I can do a decent amount of time on the slots that I can eventually get lucky. And I may have to start over a few a few times with with a, the pot that I can build with poker. Usually, I'm good to go after that see i would just constantly i would save scum in the early game for 11 but uh later game i would actually just play slots until i had enough ch- uh, tokens to transfer over to get a uh, some uh really good uh berry items for i don't know if i can spoil that but to force in a pep oh yeah yeah um then the end game, I would just constantly do that so I can use those to craft them into better pep items. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'd use them for. Well, you know, I, I, the, I'm going to take this straight into my uh, my second topic because it goes right along with what you're asking. Like, what do you what do you like to do in the Dragon Quest casinos? Um, and, and I liked it in 11 as well, but I liked the uh, for the first time uh, Dragon Quest 8 had the roulette. That was the first game that had roulette. And I think it's only 8 and 10 that have. Eight and oh, eleven. Yeah, that it has roulette because it's in the uh, it's in a uh, pick'em, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's got the big uh, slime, king slime, or, or oh no some no, no. Kind of that's slime. a that's bingo. Oh, I'm thinking of bingo. Okay, you're I'm thinking bingo. Con- no, I'm getting that confused with bingo. Okay, I forgot there was yeah, roulette no. in in eight as well. See, yeah, that's where I made the money was on the roulette, and you were talking about it in eleven. You know that lady's like, oh, I'm feeling lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in eight, I did the. It, I it was almost a little bit reversed, like. Yeah, I did bingo a little bit at the beginning because, I mean, ooh, it's fun, but it's so slow. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. It's in Pick'em, so it's in the first one. So you're not exactly getting thousands and thousands of coins here. Um, getting to the second one, Baccarat, right? Yeah. Is that where it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so in that casino, I would almost, 
do the slots to build up enough money so that I think it was something like if you could get around 60,000 or maybe 6,500 or whatever, you could start. There was a method and somebody posted the method. There's a whole game FAQ um, thing about it. But even before that method, I would kind of do it, too. I would go and I'd like, listen, I bet it's going to be a number like one through 12. And let me just go all in on like the number seven. And I'd put a whole stack of numbers on seven and like the ones between six and seven and the one between like seven and nine and the one between, I would just surround it because you can put it on oh, multiple yeah, yeah. at once. And I would yep. just go all in on that. And usually, you know, a third of the time it's, or two thirds of the time, it's not even close, but if you put enough down about a third of the time, you're making some good money. Um, and you know, save scum galore and like, just take like one hit. If you can get that right number or at least one of the numbers adjacent where you've got stacks of a thousand coins and you're getting like 24 to one odds and like, you've got three of them on that. Oh man, that was just the best. Um, I did the whole rubber band trick with the slot machines on the PS2 version. Uh, I think we all might've back in the PS2 days, there was a way to lean that because if you just kept pressing up on the slot machines it would keep throwing more coins in but it would also once you hit the maximum or it would spin the wheel so you could walk away you could like go watch tv for 45 minutes come back oh do i have nothing or not but even that i did not find as fast as like just playing the uh roulette and then of course back in 11 they bring back roulette and there's you know the whole trick of betting on like 12, 13, 14 and waiting for the uh, going in and out of the casino, waiting for that lady to feel lucky. So now roulette quickly became an eight and then continuing 11 became like one of my favorite things to do, like actively being able to do it every time and not just sit there and wait and watch in the casinos. But like, oh, I, I just love Dragon Quest roulette. Any all play the roulette or we know Lindar. He's over at the slots. I'm a slots man. <laughs> Roulette actually just like overwhelms me because <laughs> there's so much you can just put on. You put bet on, and and then like from just not just the numbers, but red or black, and then the in betweens or mm-hmm. the, quad, the quad corners. I'm like evens or odds. Evens or, and yep. I, I'm like I'm overwhelmed here. I'm just gonna put a single thing on every single thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what well, the house is winning then. <laughs> I know. But that's that's just how I went with slot, uh, roulette for the longest time until I find exploits online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely did the roulette in uh, in eleven. And it, if I go to like an actual casino in real life, um, I do like to probably split my time between slot machines, blackjack, and uh, doing roulette. Just and with roulette in real life, I'm usually just doing the simple like fifty fifty or the mm. or the one third bets, like where I'm doing black black or. Uh, red or putting on odds or evens or or whatever so yeah i had a friend who was always he's like oh i'm playing the odds i'm playing the odds he goes i'll go stand at roulette until like three whites in a row or three reds in a row get picked and then i'll like put down fifty dollars on black and i was like you you do you do realize that like it's not cumulative like the the, uh the luck like it's still a 50 50 shot well, you get, it does it does trick your mind into thinking that though because I think the same like, thing. Yep. I'm like, oh, there's been like five reds in a row. Time to go black. It yep. just it can't help it. And then once you go black, I mean, you never go back. It's red. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I, I he I had a friend swore up and down by that. I remember his 21st birthday. 
Um, he would go on and on, and he, you know, the nicest guy, but like the nerdiest little guy or whatever. And he, I remember we were we bowled together for a long time, and for his twenty first birthday, he went out to Vegas and came back, and we were bowling in like a an adult league. Because I had just turned like 18, he had just turned 21, and my dad and a couple of his friends, and one of my dad's like really loudmouth friends comes up, slaps this guy who's like 85 pounds probably on his 21st birthday, dripping wet, like, ah, I hear you get lucky in Vegas. And uh, <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh yeah, well, I was playing the slots and, or playing the roulette, and I just kept waiting. He's going, and like my dad's friend just keeps patting on the back like, oh, you got real lucky, right? Like real lucky with the ladies in Vegas. And he's like, oh, no, it's just on the roulette wheel. <laughs> like he did not get what my dad's friend was trying to imply. But getting lucky in the casinos. That's what we're talking about tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. This is Jengus, the Legendary Bandit. I uh, couldn't join the normal podcast recording time. So these are the games that I'm going to talk about for... Uh, our new episode that we just did um, for the Getting Lucky episode. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive right in and start talking about it. Uh, first off, I chose um, excuse me, uh, the Blade card game from the Trails of Cold Steel games. Uh, so at different points in the game, you'll have these opportunities to play a card game that's popular in the land of Erebonia. And I'm going to assume the Trails series as a whole. I, I don't really remember it being mentioned in other games of the series, but I, if I had to guess, it's probably in them. Uh, anyway, uh, there's a card game you can play that's called Blade, and the first time you encounter it is when you're on one of the train rides to one of the places that you're going to in the first game. And as you just go along in the game, you know, there's different opportunities to play it, mainly during like these little chapter intervals. And You actually have a fun moment at the end of the game where you actually can play, participate in a Blade card tournament, so that's pretty fun. Uh, anyway, uh, Blade is a card game that kind of functions like, um, or rather the deck of cards itself acts like a normal deck of cards. You know, you have your numbers like 1 through 10, you have a few specific ones, like there's a sword, there's the lightning strike, there's the mirror. Uh, the sword, the lightning sword will like get rid of your opponent's highest numbered card on their on their side. There is the mirror shield card, or I think it's just called the mirror card actually. Uh, anyway, if you play that card, it will actually reverse any effects that your opponent tries to use on you. And basically the goal of the game is to have uh, the most points by the end of it. You gain the points by you know, making these combo attacks with your cards. Basically, the numbers add up together. They then will hit your opponent, uh, deal damage, or quote, sorry, quote unquote, deal damage to it. <laughs> it's not like um, the RPG rules. Anyway, point is, is that you just want to have the most points by your card matches by the end of the game. And um, if your opponent uses like the sword or the mirror card, they can swap things around. Like if they use the sword card, for example, it can remove uh, your points for that particular turn. So you'll end up with a lower score, but if you use the mirror card, you can block that, and it'll actually do the same thing to your opponent, and they'll lose their uh, point total from that round instead. So it's kind of a game of sort of guessing what your opponent's going to try and do, as well as trying to get the most points as possible. So it's just kind of up in the air, depending on... Uh, you know, luck of the draw, and if you can outsmart the CPU. Uh, at the end of the game, like I said, there is a tournament that you can participate in, in, like, the big uh, festival in the first game. And the funny enough, the, the champion that you come across is a character who you've actually been running across uh, in some different cutscenes. He's an NPC. I don't want to spoil it, because honestly, it is pretty funny who it turns out the champion is, but I'll just say that she's a very helpful character. Someone who you come across, and she has a connection with Alyssa. That should probably um, spell it out pretty 
quick who it is just by saying that if you've played Trails of Cold Steel 1 or if you're playing it right now. But yeah, uh, Blade is a fun card game and it's actually appeared in some other, <clears throat> excuse me, it's appeared in some other Falcom games too. I believe it's in Tokyo Xanadu and if I remember right there actually is a physical version that you could have gotten with um, the PS4 version of Tokyo Xanadu and I think it's also by itself but I'm not 100% sure on that last part. Uh, but yeah. Blade's a fun card game. If you get a chance to play Cold Steel, it's fun just to mess around with it and just, you know, kind of spend some time doing that. Uh, the next thing that I'm going to talk about is the Auction House from Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy IX. So in both of those games, uh, there are two different cities you will go to. Both of them, or excuse me, one of them is more of an aristocratic town. Um, I forget the name of it, unfortunately, in Final Fantasy VI. But in Final Fantasy IX, uh, the town that you go to is sort of one that's split pretty evenly amongst, like, the wealthy and and the poor. I forget, I'm, I'm terrible with names for the towns in the Final Fantasy series, unless it's very specific ones, so I'm afraid I do not remember at the time of recording this what they're called. But both of these towns in Final Fantasy VI and IX feature an auction house you can go to. And in both of said auction houses, as the name implies, you're going to try and uh, you're trying to uh, bid for the item up for auction. Now, in Final Fantasy VI, it was just a single item at a time, so you would go in you would talk to the NPC. It's like, oh, please take your seats. You know, we're going to be beginning the auction soon. You take your seat, and they would come up with whatever item. In Final Fantasy IX's case, it would actually show off, right when you go into the auction house, that there are four items up for bid. Uh, usually the items are either going to be, like, a really good uh, accessory item for you. Uh, sometimes there are some one-off specialty items. There's a few gag items, too which that mainly pertains to Final Fantasy VI more than nine. But uh, every time you go in there, there's going to be a different thing up for grabs. So in Final Fantasy VI's case, uh, like I said, you have some accessories you can get. Uh, in the Game Boy Advance version of the game, there's actually uh, a brand new item, that, or excuse me, a brand new weapon you can get called the Excalibur. And if you are a Final Fantasy veteran and you hear the name Excalibur, you're probably going to know right away who that is um, attached to, uh, character-wise. Especially if you played Final Fantasy V. Uh, and if you're like me, you played the Game Boy Advance versions, you know, all back-to-back -back as they came out. As soon as you saw that in Final Fantasy VI, you're like, oh, I know who that is for. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, Final Fantasy VI is kind of funny, too, because with its auction house, as I said earlier, there's some gag items that you'll find. Usually it's something like, oh, it's a scale model of an airship. There is, like, a robotic chocobo. There is a walking, talking imp doll which imps are just like these little Kappa-looking monsters from Japanese folklore. But they just call them imps just to shorthand it. Uh, anyway, there's always in the auction house going to be a uh, dad and his son. And apparently this dad is just like filthy stinking rich because every time one of these gag items shows up, and they can show up multiple times, which makes it kind of annoying to do the auction house in FF6 every now and then because you have to sit through that. Um, it's always funny with Final Fantasy VI's case because whenever those gag items show up, the dad will just start bidding. The kid's like, come on, dad, I really want that. Please, please, dad, I want that. And the dad will just be like, uh, uh, um, like 10 million gil. Like, he'll just throw out, like, a crazy number. I think it's always the same for the items, but, like, it just gets worse and worse as the game goes on. Because, like, when you get to the second half of the game and uh, the World of Ruin part of things, some new of the gag items show up. And... Even though the world is in just, like, this terrible crisis with uh, what's going on, the dad just has so much money to blow, and it's like, man, we need him on our side. We can just get a bunch of money and get all of the items we need, no problem. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, you can get some good stuff from it. There's some Magicite you can get from the Final Fantasy VI one. A lot of the accessories you can get are pretty helpful, too. Uh, in the second half of the game, uh, like I was just talking about a bit ago with the Rich Dad, uh, there are some new accessories and items that pop up as well. So 
it's good to revisit it at different points of the game because especially if you have some extra money because you can get some uh, items in the or accessory items uh, extras of certain ones that only maybe appear once uh, you can get an extra one of them for might cost you a little bit but you know sometimes with the accessories especially in final fantasy 6's case they're really good to have um with final fantasy 9 <clears throat> excuse me with final fantasy 9 uh like i said before the auction house is going to be one of those things you go into and you go you, uh when you blah, 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 excuse me <laughs> when you go into it uh they tell you all four items at once uh usually the items are just going to be again just some accessories some good defensive armor you know stuff like that uh there also are some specialty items which unlike uh final fantasy 6's case these specialty items are going to act as a key item uh two of the items are actually named after uh, une and doga from final fantasy 3 and if you collect both of those you can actually use them together uh, at a later point in the game uh to do just kind of a fun little extra cutscene and a little shout out song uh to final fantasy 3 uh with the way the, the auction house in 9 works um if there's an item that you don't want you are going to have to just sit and wait and let it get past before it goes on to the next one uh but once an item comes up all you got to do is then to just push the x button to help place your bids and you'll be able to start trying to get the item you're looking for the nice thing about final fantasy 9's case uh final fantasy 6 is i think all of the items have like sort of a guaranteed price that they're going to end up at if you want to try and get the item so i think if you can plan ahead you'll know what you want but with final fantasy 9's case it action it acts a bit more like an actual auction where you know people will give off different prices uh things are not going to be set in stone which you're gonna have to pay for it you know you have to kind of pay you know pay attention to the crowd see what they're bidding and then see if you know if it's worth it or not and then you know if it's a price you're willing to pay then you want to try and go for it or you know, you just keep placing your own bid and see if you can get it. Uh, the nice thing is with Final Fantasy IX's case, if there is an item that goes up for bid and you just, you know, you either just are short on the money that they're asking for or you're just like, oh, I want to get that, but I don't want to do this right now. You can leave the auction house before, either before that item's bid is over or before it comes up for auction. You can leave the auction house and then, you know, come back and you'll be able to have another chance at it. So thankfully, it's a lot nicer than Final Fantasy VI's where even if you don't want the item, uh, you Oh, Final Fantasy VI, you still have to sit there and wait for it. Whereas with Final Fantasy IX, you can just choose to leave if you want to. There's still a luck of the draw for what's going to pop up and, you know, what the price is going to be. But it, it's, you know, I, I prefer how Final Fantasy IX handled it, is the, the shorthand of all this. And I think the auction house is a fun idea. I don't know if it's in any of the other games past nine. Like, it could be in one of the MMOs, like 11 or 14. I'm not 100% sure. But I think the auction house idea is kind of fun. And I, I kind of wish more RPGs did that, too, because I think that's a fun idea for just um, a way to get some other accessories or get some special items or you know in Final Fantasy IX's case you know you got the special key items you can obtain uh, but yeah that's a fun little side activity you can do all right uh for my last part that I'm going to talk about oh boy I wasn't really sure what to talk about for a third one I was kind of struggling to think up of another topic for this particular episode, and even picking up my first two was like, oh boy, I don't really know. <laughs> but I finally figured out what I'm going to talk about for my third one, and uh, it's actually from two different games, both of the same series, and it just came to me the other day. Uh, when I was uh, watching a video on YouTube, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that perfectly qu qualifies for you know luck and, luck and a little bit of skill. And that is uh, Grunty's Furnace Fun and Tower of Tragedy, from Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. Uh, so when you play Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie, both of them are from the N64. They're platformers. You go around collecting all this stuff. Uh, you finally get to the ending portions. You're, you're getting ready to go confront Crintilda, uh, the Wicked Witch, who uh, in the first game kidnaps Banjo's sister Tootie, and in the second one she's trying to 
uh, suck the life out of the island or the Isla Hags that uh, Banjo and all the other characters call home. Kind of weird that they all live on an island that happen to be called the Isla Hags, but hey, there you go. It's video, it's video game logic, you know. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> but um, yeah, so at the end of both the adventures, Banjo and Kazooie they're raring to go. They're ready to go fight the witch. Uh, they'll get past uh, the last uh, obstacle that's in their way. They get done with all the worlds and everything. They get to the last area where they're 100% sure that's where Grunty is. They then go through, in the first game's case, they step on a a big portal. Kind of looks like the little ones that they've been using throughout the game. And in the second one's case, they're starting to enter in this giant tower that Gruntilda and her sisters are hiding out in. And when you enter both of them, all of a sudden you're greeted with these very catchy show tune uh, game show themes. And you see that Gruntilda is now standing behind a pedestal in both of them, holding a bunch of cards in her hand or uh, having a sheet of information that she's looking off of. And you then realize that now you're in the middle of a giant game, uh, middle of a game show. (laughs) Uh, In the first game's case, um, Grunty's Fern is fun. It's a giant board that you have to get your way across uh, with different icons representing different sort of questions you're going to have to answer. So if you see, like, for example, you see the Banjo-Kazooie face squares, you'll step on that. Uh, Grunty will ask you just sort of a general knowledge question from the game. Uh, you step on one with a musical note on it. She will then ask you to identify uh, where a song comes from or where a musical cue comes from. Like what in a little item jingle. Like what item or what jingle does this item play for? Or one of my favorite ones is she'll be like... <laughs> one of my favorite ones she will do is... Uh, which character has this dumb voice? So they'll play you a voice clip of the character with their little like grunts, like the ooh, 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 that that sort of thing. But if she ever gets to her voice, she'll instead say, "Which character has this cool voice?" It's kind of funny, <laughs> just how she's the only one who supposedly has the cool sounding voice. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so you have different questions like that you have to answer, and you'll work your way across the board. Uh, there's a few different paths you can go down to, and where the biggest factor of luck comes in. Uh, besides, you know, what sort of, or what the exact questions will be, uh, it'll come down to uh, two squares in particular, the Joker square or the Skull square. Uh, so the Joker square, or I think it's called the Jester square, I'm not really 100% sure, I don't remember. Uh, anyway, it looks like um, Banjo wearing like a Jester's hat, but it has a little like J symbol on it. So I think it's supposed to represent the Joker card, like the Joker is wild. Uh, anyway, uh, the Joker card square will give you a chance to answer a question. You only get one shot at the question. It's going to be just a completely random one from uh, the rest of the category, so you're not, you don't know going in what kind of question it's going to be. Uh, if you get the question right, you do end up obtaining these two uh, freebie cards, which if you get to a square where you do not want to answer a question, you can push, I believe it's either the B button or the Z button, and it will let you skip that um, square entirely. If you do that, though, uh, it will use one of your cards. There's a few different uh, Joker cards, or excuse me, Joker squares on the board. So you do have a chance to obtain, I think it's either about 10 or 12 of the uh, free pass things total, but you kind of have to go out of your way for it. But they're really helpful if you come across, you know, a square that you do not, you know, want to answer a question on. Or more importantly, if you do not want to take a chance on the skull squares, which are the other squares on the board that you absolutely want to watch out for. So as the name implies, they have a big picture of a skull on them. They have a red background. And as soon as you step on one, Gruntilda even tells you the first time. She will tell you, you only get one shot at the question. If you get it right, you're fine. But if you miss the question, you end up instantly losing a life, and you uh, have to start the board all over. So it's 
it's very much one of those kind of squares that's very um, high risk, low reward, instead of being high risk, high reward, like the other, like the Jester Square. And what's even, what's even worse, and it's a real just bastard move on Rare's part, which is par for the course for them. Uh, the very last square before you can actually get to Gruntilda and beat the board in the first game is going to be a Skull Square. So hopefully you either uh, saved up a joker jester card to use on that last square or you just feel real lucky because if you miss that last question you're gonna start all over and there's nothing you can do about it supposedly there is um oh gosh what am i think oh no sorry that's for the next one uh anyway so yeah uh the grunty's furnace fun thing that was definitely like the first time i played the game that really threw me off because i'm just like what we're playing a game show what's going on (laughs) It was a good surprise from Rare about that one because then it's like, oh man, you got to answer all these questions from the game. And apparently everybody else liked that idea enough because they actually brought that back for Banjo uh, Banjo Tooie. Uh, this time with the Tower of Tragedy quiz show. Uh, so unlike the Grunty's Furnace Fun game, uh, tra- Tower of Tragedy acts more like a typical game show. Sort of like how you have, um, you know, like, a, oh, what am I thinking of? Um, Jeopardy. It's like it's kind of like Jeopardy, where Gruntilda will give you the answers and you have to answer the question. Or answer, well, excuse me. She will give you the question, you just have to answer it. So, a little bit like Jeopardy, I suppose. Like, it, it depending on how you how quickly you answer the question, you'll earn a different amount of points. Uh, you will play the game against her two sisters who helped revive her after she died in the first game. Um, and you have to go through three different rounds of it in the main game itself. The questions are, you know, just completely random sometimes. There's a visual question she will ask you, but unlike the first game where you have different boards, it's now are different board paths and different uh, squares you can go on to to sort of choose your question. Now instead, it's just Gruntilda asking you random questions from uh, her cards that she has with her. So you could end up with some easy ones, you could end up with some hard ones, you get some visual cues, some musical ones, just kind of depends. Uh, you go through three rounds of that, and then the third round of the game, you have to get at least 15 points uh, in order to... Uh, move on and you know beat the quiz game and then then you move on to the actual final battle it's really funny too with uh, the third with the second game's case because when you do beat the third round gruntilda was just like well um you know i kind of expected you guys to lose at some point so i really don't know what to do at this point now that you've won like what should we go for and kazooie just gives her the idea and it's just like well you know maybe you should just run off in a cowardly fashion like you did in the first game then all of a sudden gretel's like oh you know that's a good idea you know what i'm gonna do that i'll I'll see you guys later luckily i i put in this uh rocket pack or not oh god what she says what is it she says she says luckily i put this um emergency escape button in my in my podium here i'll see you losers at the top of the tower she pushes it the whole uh podium stage thing that she's standing on flies away and flies off to the roof it's actually it's pretty funny actually and just because it's so funny that the heroes and villains are just like well we don't really know what we're supposed to do now what are we supposed to do oh i know you should just run away and we can go fight like we did in the first game oh sure great that's a good idea thank you (laughs) so it's a funny way to end off uh the second quiz show of the game they have had some other quiz shows in the other banjo releases like uh, i know in the game boy advance game uh grunty's revenge uh there is another quiz game in there as well i think um nuts and bolts on the xbox 360 did one as well i 
unfortunately don't know for that one because I never beat it. It's, it's <laughs> long story on that one. Uh, anyway, uh, I've always remembered doing the uh, Grunty's Furnace fun game and the Tower of Tragedy quiz show game. Both of them being just kind of a fun, like what, like, what the heck is this sort of ending for the game before you get to the final battle. And it's fun to see, you know, how you can test your knowledge of the game. Because with the luck of the draw of the questions, you could end up with some that are, you can answer pretty easy. Or it's just, you know, you could be like, oh, I don't know. And in the first game's case, it's especially dangerous since if you do that on a skull square and you miss, you got to start the whole thing over. But yeah, those are my three entries for our lucky uh, things in games. I hope you guys enjoyed listening, and I will hopefully see you in the next episode. Take care, everybody. And Lindar, your uh, your final one that you wanted to talk about. Oh yeah. Um, speaking of Vegas, yeah, I have I have Fallout New Vegas. It's actually a current addiction of mine right now. Um, the, the, between Dragon Quest, uh, Oblivion, and Fallout, those are my default games. <laughs> if I'm not playing <laughs> one of those, I'm gonna go crazy in a week. <laughs> um, Fallout New Vegas. With the title and name, you know there's going to be lots of moments of getting lucky. From slots, <laughs> blackjack, roulette, setting up your own brothel on what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can set up your own brothel. Um, but my That's favorite great. game on there is actually another format of war. It's called Ooh. Caravan. Not Caravan Hearts, but you can use call hard cards if you want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but you don't have to feed anyone, don't worry. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Thank God. No food mechanic. I hate that. <laughs> so, so much. Sorry. Um, there's also um, Monster Arena in there. You can just bet on uh, Fallout ridden, nuclear ridden <laughs> monsters to fight each other and see who wins. Um, anything you want to, just live a little, gamble your heart, your hearts out, throw all your caps at everything. Trust me, it's going to be fun. No matter what way you go, in the wasteland. Um, but back to Caravan Hearts. It's a very... I mean, <laughs> not really Caravan Hearts, but Caravan. <laughs> Dragon Quest fan. You might say Caravan's going to have hearts in the end of it. Um, <laughs> Caravan is actually a uh, card game that was developed by the wasteland. Uh, because in, nu- in the nuclear fallout, you're not going to find cards all together very well. So you can put any amount of cards you want to in a... 30 card deck and uh each player has a 30 card deck uh you what you have is three lanes and with those three lanes you want to try to get in between 21 and 26 you don't want to get any higher than that with your cards um the kings queens jacks they go pretty much by poker rules for the most part um and then uh what you want to do is you want to ruin your opponent's caravans by getting them over 26 or lower than 21 you want to get rid of their cards best way you can while keeping yours available uh up to 26 and then you want to quote unquote sell your caravan the first people to the first person to sell at least two of them um or whoever runs out of cards if you run out of cards you lose it's quite a fun game because not only do you have to find the cards throughout the game by by buying them one by one through merchants, uh, it's just a very fun game to play because you just play with random people in, in the world and NPCs, and there's betting involved. So always find one fun way to find way to get lucky. <laughs> um, any questions about it or anything? <laughs> uh, I- I'm looking online. There's a the website called caravanthegame.com. Yeah. 
and I'm not sure if it's the same. You probably would find if you said Fallout New Vegas Caravan. Uh, it's what I put in there, and there is a card game. Somebody Someone developed a... Oh. I don't know the rules. Someone probably made it. Oh, awesome. no, it's not. Caravan's a one-on-one card deck played with two standard decks of cards. Uh, including two jokes. Yeah. Oh, this, you put up your own deck. You actually build your own deck. Uh, you don't even have to have standard cards at all times. So you can have multiple of sevens, nines, kings, queens, mm-hmm. um, the works. Because it, you're just finding cards and put them together. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I have the rules for, like, jacks and kings and queens. Like, uh, if you played uh, jack against an ace, it's a 2 or 10. It removes that card along with the face cards attached to it. So it just removes it. So if you put a, ja- a jack on uh, your opponent, it removes those cards and makes their uh, caravan cost less. Mm. Yeah, so you want to try to make them not have enough cost on their caravans, and you want to make yours at least under 26 and more than 21. Mm-hmm. It's it, For a bit for me, it was complicated, but after my fifth game, I got the hang of it, and it was actually quite fun, and I'm going around everywhere to find out who actually plays Caravan in the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was me with my uh, my last one, definitely. Uh, I, I'm i not I very far around the last world. one. <laughs> I'm not, not very far, but um, I have 40 hours out in the game, and uh, <laughs> I just passed the second, the sand town. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? We're going to end with Pendies then um, in a bit, but we'll we'll go into what I was going to talk about because it's again, it's another card game. It's like you said, you know, you can walk around NPCs, anybody in the game, uh, not anybody, but tons of people in the game are playing it. And uh, you, you mentioned earlier you were playing Bravely Default 2, and it was right around this time last year that Bravely Default 2 came out. Because um, I remember playing it over spring break on vacation, and there's a card game in there called B and D. Because hey, you know, bravely default. There's B and D, but it stands for Bind and Divide. Uh, is the game? It's a card game played on a five by five grid. Uh, each person has six cards. Um, the cards all have either a job class on them. You'll see one of the characters. Um, in the job class, you'll have monsters on them, and the monsters all have, like, family type, aquatic, humanoid type. Like, there's an ogre on there holding a big, um, kind of like Dragon Quest, he's got a big old uh, uh, club. There you go, couldn't think of the word. Um, and he's humanoid in shape, or aquatic, or other different ones. Um, or there could be just plain out people from the game, like certain characters will have their own card. And basically, the monster cards are a little bit like Othello. You're trying to, um, I guess that would be the bind part of it, maybe. Like, you're trying to get two cards placed on opposite ends of opponent's cards. And you do that with these monster cards. Um, they have, like, a little green area light up. They, they all have different patterns to the cards, I guess would be the good way to say it. Um, where they have one main square that they you put the card on. But then they all have between one and I think you can get up to four other squares that they can take over. Um, Now, whatever square you put it on has to be free on the board, but the other squares don't have to be. The other squares, um, they're a little bit light in color and they are, like I said, you take those areas over, um, conquer the zones. So if you can get your little light colored areas to cover opponents areas, it looks like an eraser. It just erases their color from the board. Like they lose those squares. 
um, if those squares are blank, you instantly take them over too. So like you could play a monster card from the very beginning that's got like one main square and then four little squares around it in certain pattern, and boom, right off the bat, you're up five nothing. And the point is, get as you know, cover as many square or cover more squares than your opponent. And um, the monster cards are just part of it. That's the main part. But there's so much strategy in the other cards. Um, pretty much the people or the jobs all have field effects. Um, I was quickly just playing last night, uh, half dozen hands to see some of the field effects that you can have. Um, my favorite one and one I went the whole game with was every time that you steal a spot, you get an extra one um, as well. So um, I'd always put this card in the bottom left corner. I'd get a spot. Two hands later, if I stole one of the opponent's areas, sure, I'd steal their spot, but I'd also get a bonus spot, get a bonus spot. And I, I don't know why the, oppo- the, like, the opponents never took that over. Like, if they would have covered that up, it would have killed my field effect. But there's tons of field effects. Um, there's ones that can strengthen specific types. Um, I was playing last night. One was like, hey, it, one of the opponents played a card, and any humanoid-type card, it would randomly add another piece to their pattern so that those cards would take over more zones each time. I want to say that NPC had all humanoid cards so to best use that effect on um they had poison ones every time somebody plays a random card gets poisoned and after like two turns the poison card would just disappear so randomly we were losing spots all over the place which freaking wrecked strategy sometimes um some of these cards would place field effects that could be erased if you could cover up their card like and then some didn't some like made a rule almost for the last for the rest of the game and you know the game's only six cards each 12 turns long um it's basically like cards othello um i played a little bit of the final fantasy nine card game and i mean you get all yeah i mean it's kind of a little bit that but um that's just all rng though (laughs) yeah (laughs) um because you know you're it's kind of that othello type you're trying to surround stuff but in this one you could just flat out just erase people's stuff um i always loved in this game going second so that i could just like whatever the opponent did like they put one down that's like ah power up all humanoid and i'm like "Mm, actually i'm gonna take my little bird thing here and erase your card that had that field effect so field effect gone good job but good good thing you played that first um and total number of squares wins you get uh points based on how many points you scored not by how much you win by actually um if you won 13 to 12 or something like that because there's that you'd actually get your 13 points that is there's all these multipliers at the end because there's different ranks um so you get points for how many squares you have at the end there's a multiplier for the opponent's rank i was battling some c b and then a rank people yesterday and like for c all the ranks were i think it was like it multiplied my points by 1.2 b was like 1.6 and a rank battles were like doubling my amount of points uh the points are used to actually buy cards every npc when you beat them uh you can buy their deck from them you are one card at a time or two cards at a time depending on how many points you have built up and of course you know better cards cost a lot more money uh, you can only have one of each card so sometimes you'll come across npcs and you'll beat them and really you can only buy three cards from them because the other three cards are copies of ones you already have 
Um, I love how the game kept track of your record versus each opponent. Like I last night, I was walking up to people and like, oh dang, I already beat this guy five times. I should win this today. Um, and after I did a couple battles of them to remind me, I was like, I'm going to go to like the last city that I barely played any in in the game because I was trying to finish it up quicker at the end and got in a couple rank A battles, um, seeing that they were people I'd never played before. I was like, cool. Um, and I didn't what I didn't encounter yesterday. And I know that it's there. There are different NPCs that play with certain rule sets and the rule sets take it and do pretty cool. I think one of my favorite rule sets that I played with um, in the past was where the borders don't end. Like normally if you've got a card that has, um, you know, you'll take your main square plus the two car- the two squares to the right of you. Well, if you play your main square on the rightmost corner of the five by five grid, the other two just fall off the board because they're over to the right. But there's a rule set that basically turns it into like a uh, JRPG map where, you know, if you go too far north, you end up south. And if you go too far east, you end up west. So it basically loops the game board. So if you're putting stuff on the far right, anything that goes righter than right ends up on the left side. Um, One of the rule sets that a lot of the NPCs would play with is no keepsies. Uh, no keepsies means that if you lose, the opponents can't steal your cards because, well, you can buy the cards from the other players, although NPCs get to <laughs> they always have theirs. It's not like you could wipe one out. You could buy all six of their cards, but they still have a deck to play with. Um, but they can take your cards like if you lose, you can lose cards to NPCs in the game. But a lot of the lower ranked ones always play with the uh, no keepsies rule set on which no keepsies, no backsies. That's right. No keepsies actually lowers your point total. It uh, it's a point eight multiplier, so you lose twenty percent of your points if you're playing that way. You know, nothing gained, nothing earned. So I, I did realize I got my rank last night, and like I, I had something like seven hundred and eighty nine points or whatever. And to get that was total across the entire game that I played, and I played sixty two games of D, scored 700 points to get to the next rank is like another 700 points i was like oh my god you gotta play this like a hundred plus times just <laughs> just to get that far um i did end up my record last night i wrote it down at the end i was like oh cool because it has my total record i had 48 wins 12 losses and two ties i'm actually surprised the ties is uh so low but yeah i, I played this game 62 times I, I and each time it takes a good three to five minutes so yeah i definitely spent quite a few hours on it i remember when i was first playing it um it was around the time that i was talking to uh, z6n4 a lot because he was getting that uh monsters dragon quest monsters 2 ready for release and he was hooked on B D. <laughs> he's like i just want to keep playing this game not not, not go through bravely default i'm like no nope, dude i totally get you <laughs> I get you. So how are you doing with it, Lindar? Um, I only went through the first town, and mm-hmm. I didn't go very... I, I, went, I made sure I beat everyone to the maximum I could to get yeah. all their cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I played with rule sets, the one like the one with the wraparound map. That was actually very fun. Yes, I love that. But it took out my strategy of getting every corner first. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Like It's an Othello-type game, so yeah, getting the corners is important. Oh, yes. Um, but I loved it whenever someone would put something in a corner and I would just take out their card right there. I'm like, yes, I played you. But yeah, I, do... I don't. That's one thing I think the AI doesn't do is take out your cards enough. No, that doesn't. No. Um, but 
Dang. Sorry. That's <laughs> okay. I blame. It's okay. <laughs> wrap around um, opponents. Wrap around opponents. Um, I, would, I would always get the corners, and, it may, and then I just got just demolished. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to lose a card. Like, oh, wait, I kept no keepsies. So I was yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least whenever you set rule sets, you can make it so it doesn't screw you over if you're trying new things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I do like. Yeah, um, I mean, it, there's a lot of customization there, and different NPCs will play with different decks and play with different rule sets, so it really... And some of those field effects, like, totally change every game. It makes the game a whole new game each time if you get a new, a yeah. different field effect. And so you're always on your toes. Um, so I would always go in with no keepsies and see what someone else would do differently with their cards, learn their card, and then build my deck around against them. Mm-hmm. It would. Oh, yeah, because like, you, can, you can change your deck every time you play. Yeah, yeah, which I like. And I like how limited the cards are, too. Because that way you can't be like, oh, I, this card's a really good card. I'm going to just constantly double up on it. Yeah, because you can only have one of each. And then the whole entire, uh, some cards boosting other types of cards. Like uh, mm-hmm. like the early on, you get a one that bu- uh, boosts like insectoid cards. Mm-hmm. And I would constantly use that with uh, this, worm mo- this worm card where it would have uh, just one, <laughs> it would have one square on one portion but offset like four four tiles away from it, another one. I'm like, that looks like a perfect card just to pocket a corner. <laughs> oh, nice. I don't think I had any that were that far away. I'm probably just mismembering, but it could be two, four. I mean, it's an early there's set one card. I have that goes, let's see, one, and then like the diagonal, yeah. and the one next to that, and then another diagonal. So it goes across like four columns, but kind of like diagonally up. And yeah, yeah. yeah. That's always fun to do. So, heck, I mean, it, that's only one away from what you're talking about, having the corners. It's, it's very helpful. And uh, mm-hmm. I just like how I can just play that and just forget the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it definitely could be. Yeah, there's at least, what, like three, four NPCs in every town. Uh, and see, I, That's cool. Oh, I, I was going to say, you've only played a couple towns, but yeah. yeah. Like, even last night, like... I. I mean, I put 60 hours into this game. So by the end, I was like, oh, OK, I'm done. So I, I guess I, I don't think I'd be indeed in the last town at all. But I warped there last night or took a caravan there, took a caravan there. I had to remember how to fast travel in the game. I'm like, uh, how do I get there again? Where am I? <laughs> it's been a year. Um, took a caravan to the final town on the list. And walking around, I noticed like, wow, there's like seven npcs here that have side quests <laughs> I, I i was over by the end i was like let's go let's go come on um but then yeah there were all these B D players that were all rank a and it, it had i had fun i went to each one of them and at least three and beat all those i'm like man i still got it one year later <laughs> that's another thing about me i don't use fast travel on most games <laughs> oh man i don't but no zoom i use zoom the dragon quest is like one of the <laughs> games I do, and uh, another one would be uh, MMORPGs because it's a mm. must. Well, those are huge, yeah. Now, there's, I mean, there's not a whole lot of towns in Bravely Default, too. And really, once you knock one out and you do all the B&D and you do all the side quests, there's not a whole... I mean, the story reasons will take you back maybe once, but there's not a whole lot of reasons. I mean, kind of like a lot of drag... Or kind of like Dragon Quest towns, you know. 
Yeah. You finish this town, it's time to go to the next. That's how good. many times do you really need to go back there? Yeah, it's funny how certain games will have side games in them where you became where you become like more obsessed with a side game than like the actual <laughs> game. Oh, definitely. I, I was I was like that with Blitzball and Final Fantasy Ten. I was like, oh, yes. Yep. There's there a world to save or something? No, no, I don't think so. It's Blitzball time. Let's go. <laughs> I'm doing this entire season. Let's let's go. This is all I'm I'm interested in right now. Yeah, so I'll be honest. I want to say Blitzball. I finally was able to put it down when I was fifty and up. I was like, <laughs> and that might have. I, I think it was maybe one reset, but I never found that game super hard. It's not, especially no. once you get brother and Waka. Yeah, once yeah. you get certain people, and it it uh, becomes kind of a cakewalk. But it's just it was just so fun to me. I love the mechanic. Oh, yeah. of how that game mm-hmm. works. So I was I was Blitzball all the time. I wish you could bet in that game. <laughs> 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 there you go. Throw, throw some, some money on me. I mean, if I talk about ten two, there's a bonus game in there where uh, you actually have to use math to uh, with RNG to win. Oh. Uh, what was it? Uh, one of the dress spheres, uh, Lady Luck dress sphere. It's all gambling on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, what's interesting about the B and D? It actually like plays a role in the game in one of the early towns. It's it, like not only is it like, oh, hey, it's here if you want to, but it can it has a role with a character and a kind of gameplay thing in a town. So Ooh. similar to like Final Fantasy nine later on. Where you get have good. To the tournament. Get good. <laughs> OK, I'll get good. Is it is it has to do? Uh, you don't have to tell me. Well, this is more of a general thing, but does it have to do with getting uh, one of the classes? Because I know, like, Bravely Default's about getting all those classes. Everything's about getting the classes. <laughs> uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. That's, my, that's the game. That's what gets me keeping that game is those classes. And, and I'll tell you what, you know what? The, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, definitely that uh, my, my 48 and 12 record is would have been would have been less if not for or would have been uh, better if not for that. Gotcha. class <laughs> or maybe that was some that, there might have been some resets there it, it was too early for me to have been that good <laughs> but all right so i just talked about b and d uh pendy you, you, you've got a you've got a game with an n in the middle too i do i do have a, a game that involves an acronym so my last dragon quest game of chance that i'd like to talk about is uh, Pachisi, or depending on uh, what translation you are dealing with, <laughs> TNT boards. So, uh, and TNT meaning treasures and trapdoors. So, it's basically a big life size board game that your lead party member participates in. You throw dice and you move along squares in a board and you try and make it to the end. But along the way, there's treasure, traps, monster fights, and all sorts of various hazards. You hit the wrong trapdoor and you might have to start all over again. Sometimes you have ones that are multiple levels where you just you'll fall down to another level. But yeah, once you fall down from that bottom level, uh, it's you're done. Yeah. But beware, you only have as many attempts as tickets you collect throughout the game, unless you get that free and limited pass, or Woo-hoo. sometimes depending on what game you're in, called the gold pass. And uh, what's also unique about this game is that it only appears in Dragon Quest remakes of three and five. I just hadn't you know really thought about that until i started writing about this game i was like oh yeah it's not in any original dragon quest games at least as far as the main line goes it's just in the remakes of those two games uh, of course the only exception being the mobile and the switch version of three which are kind of unfortunately inferior versions when it comes to the remakes but uh yeah there's uh what's funny 
uh, about this game is that there's an interesting glitch that I read about, about the uh, TNT board and the Game Boy Color remake of 3 in the town of Cole. Because apparently, if you hit a panel that makes your strength stat go down, and I don't know if it's specifically strength stat, maybe it's any stat uh, that that makes one of your stats uh, go down, and you you have a fight afterwards, you just jackpot on experience. (laughs) You'll get so much experience that you just go right to level 99. And yeah, it's ridiculous. I haven't run into that myself, but I've seen, I've read, you know, many people that have run into this glitch. But uh, some of the rewards can be interesting, too. Uh, I love how, like, in uh, Dragon Quest V, you can win uh, a character named Starkers. And that's a post-game Monster Party member who's kind of like a mini version of Stark, and who is actually supposed to be his son. And uh, then there's also a Rebajorn who's like a mini reincarnation of the massive uh, Bajoran boss monster that you fight. And uh, you find this after you win the last post-game TNT board as well. So what do you guys think about uh, TNT boards? Well, fun fact for a second here. Those little guys are two of the starters you could get in Dragon Quest Joker. Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 3 Professional. Oh, Oh, I didn't know that. All all of it. Yeah, Uh, um, that that game was made to give you a little boost. Um, Oh, at the beginning, because it was released what one year after the original in Japan, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they made it quick to fast forward through, and yeah, they gave you they they gave you a a rank a rank yeah a rank monster at the beginning, and it was like little Bjorn, it was little Stark, Starkers. Yeah, or, I like, I, and I love the, the other good ones, and I love the character design uh, on those mm-hmm. on the, those two. Well, especially uh, Rebjorn. It's uh, Rebjorn. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's if you look at the character art for Bjorn again, he's got uh, he's got a little little snot coming down from his little nose, and it's just a little mini <laughs> version of Bjorn. It's, it's funny. Yep. Oh, I loved these games. I absolutely loved them. I remember playing them on. Um, I never played actually three Super NES, um, but I did play the hell out of it on Game Boy Color. So played it on that. And my gosh, I think the most I remember playing it on, at least back in the day, was back when they started doing the DS remakes. Because I was playing the DS remake of 4 the day it came out in Japan because it had uh, English baked into it. Someone found that out like the day it came out, did a little trigger, put it online, and I was playing the ROM of Dragon Quest 4 the day it was out in Japan, like on my little hacked... um, what I have it like a little this R6 or G6 card for my uh, Nintendo DS Lite back in the day. Um, that was a blast playing four, but what five, six, maybe not that many, five, six, but like a year later when the five came out, didn't have the English hard baked into it. But I played all the way through in Japanese, knowing it would take a whole freaking year to come out. I played it in Japanese because of those TNT boards. I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) it has TNT boards. And I played the hell out of it. I didn't understand a damn thing. I'm sure I lost strength and agility and whatever on some of those freaking ones. uh, Because, you know, this was like 2007, 2008, 2006, maybe when it came out. There was no uh, auto translate back then. But, yeah, I'd be going around those boards and like, oh, shit. Something just happened. It was probably bad because the bad music played. <laughs> and, and some uh, of and those boards in five, they got pretty. Uh, yeah, like inter- the post game ones were long. Yeah, 
there's like a lot of level, like multiple levels to them and all sorts of because they'd all have different uh, ways you could go. Yep. And they had turn counts like you yep. had to beat it in a certain number of turns. Yeah. And you have to land on the ending. Exactly. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You just have, you have to land on the square. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't go over. What is it? Well, there's another board game that does that, too. I can't remember. But yeah, it's, it does that thing where you got like exactly you got to land oh, exactly on it? that square. I, I play games like this with my kids so like Sorry or Parcheesy. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to have that exact role. Can't now, all those were great. But modern day, the best TNT boards, bar none, they're in theater rhythm. Dragon okay. Quest. One of the modes of theater rhythm has just TNT boards, and I've not reached the end. I think I've gone through like 15 TNT boards, and there's still more. Like every time you unlock one, wow. or every time you beat one, like two more unlock or something like that, or you can always see two ahead. Um, and like I've beat the first 15, and there's there's a couple more at least. Um, and what's great about them is one, it's TNT. But two, like the battles are like the musical stuff. Like sometimes you'll just land on a field square and the field square means, well, you got to do a theater rhythm game. And so whatever you do it and get points. And I I just felt like it was the easiest way to boost your points because the way you, quote unquote, win theater rhythm is getting, I think it's 10,000 or 20,000 points once you've reached a certain point total. Uh, Suddenly, like a boss battle pops up with uh the dragon lord and you'll get credits now of course like every other dragon quest game you can just keep going forever afterwards and there's tons more stuff to unlock but with all the music pretty much there from the beginning you know you can do all of one through nine ten i think it's got some songs from ten in it yeah and like yeah i i spent 10 hours 12 hours beating the game to get up to that and probably half of that if not more was on the tnt boards like it's those were just so much fun and at least nowadays i could like hold up my phone and be like oh that's what just happened to me now can you get back to start could you get like items out of those boards too because i remember playing the final fantasy version of this game and there were certain like accessories or something that you could get for your you could equip to your characters i think i don't know if the I don't know the, the characters get that too. the Dragon Quest game. Your characters who you choose to bring with you get experience points. Uh-huh. And oh, OK. OK. I, I, like you get them up to higher levels because you're actually like fighting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, this is always so easy. I never lose battles to anybody. And then I tried like cranking up the difficulty at one point with like <laughs> somebody that was like at a lower level. Or I think there's even revocation in there. Um and I tried it and like, oh, crap. Nope. I actually can lose. I can do perfect <laughs> melody and lose. I, I know life rhythm games, so I I, opt, I just jumped into hard mode on those games. Uh, <laughs> both Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. Um, I actually, since I couldn't read, I can't read Japanese, I sat there looking through nope. the menus for the longest time, so I didn't even know <laughs> that was existing in there. So I could be, I, I've never played it on Dragon Quest Five. I've never played Parcheesi in there at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pretty soon because I've been going through the PS2 version. Mm-hmm. So nice. I am actually hyped now to try it out, just hearing out what it's all about. I keep hearing TNT boards. I'm like, where is this at? Yeah, because they, they have them in the PS2 remake as well. So you'll be able to do those. Yeah, I just looked it up. I'm like, oh, yes, I got to try it out now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I I am so grateful that uh, a team of people went and and tran- did a translation patch for that game because oh, we yeah. missed out on that one. Thanks, that was, Dwayne. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, yeah Dwayne. exactly. Thanks, Dwayne. <laughs> 
and the and the team that put that and put that together because yeah because that was i was hoping we were gonna get that one that was during like the dragon quest 8 ps2 era it's like oh we'll get i mean yeah we got, we screwed got over on yeah, why not why we didn't got, we because <laughs> we because we got screwed over on four but like there's a whole story behind that and there was like technical logistical things that happened that wasn't you know out of their control, but there's nothing going on with that with with the the PlayStation or the PlayStation Two remake, as far as I know. So I don't know why Five we never got that after one. eight, didn't it? Yeah, I think so because it didn't use yeah. I forget what engine it used, but yeah, I think it I think it did came came out afterwards. But mm-hmm. and eight sold pretty damn well. It was it was even like a yeah. PlayStation greatest hits thing. So yeah. there was like we were on the up and up with the Dragon Quest in the West, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm being, I'm being, I'm being bitter, old man, about that one. I'm we should be bitter. Out. Trust me. Let's just be bitter. Oh, uh, yes, just be bitter. <laughs> I'll, be I'll throw away my my optimistic side for a minute on Dragon Quest. Me and me and Platty were having a a little debate about uh, about Dragon Quest and how it's get how it gets treated over here. And I, I try to be optimistic these days. And he can be a little salty about some stuff that goes on. But <laughs> I was, I've, let me, I've let been me pretty pull salty. Out my it's not coming stamp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I've I've been salty during some of the dark ages too. Like it's been it gets bad sometimes. So let me just but, pull out okay. my sl- let me pull out my Sandland uh, screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have the translation patch now at least, so that's people can yes. go and enjoy that that uh, that version of the game, which the graphics for it are, are spectacular. It's a it's a level above the DS version for sure. So it's it's fun if you ever want to check that out. I will definitely will. <laughs> All right, but yeah. The, if you can figure out where it is <laughs> in the like, like um, this is probably no help whatsoever, but I feel like it's an option to the right. <laughs> like, like just envisioning playing the game last year. Right mode. I'll just click like, right everywhere. <laughs> like, I swear there's like only three game modes and you might have to go far enough to unlock it. But like, isn't like free play the one default on the left, the one in the middle, or is it? The, okay. So free play is default middle. What's the one where you have to beat, like the Dragon Quest one first song to get to the next song, and you have to be Dragon Quest one song to get open up Dragon Quest two. I know that almost, that's story mode pretty much. That's the, yeah that that's the story mode. So there's that. There's a mode where you can just play any of them at any time. Um, it's more like just a list. But then the third mode is like the Pachisi TNT okay. boards. Okay. Yeah the the free play mode you unlock that with the story mode and then. Because mm-hmm. because the free play mode you only have just the battles themes until you do that. Correct. Yeah. So maybe uh, I'm sure there's some unlocking to get that. I'm sure Pachisi was not open at the beginning, but the second it did, I was like, oh my god, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> and like I beat the first one, and then then there was two and three, and I'm like, oh, and I beat two, and then suddenly there was four. I'm like, I haven't even done three yet. This is awesome. <laughs> like it keeps going. So like I said, I beat fifteen. There's a sixteen and a seventeen there, and I just. I, I I can't remember. I swear, Yangus, and he'll yell at me for saying that I he didn't say that. Somewhere he said something about fifty thousand points, and I played for like eight or nine hours, and I'm like at nine thousand points or something like that. I'm like, oh my god, this is taking forever because like doing a song may get you like a hundred to two hundred points or something like that, and I'm like. Oh my god! I'm gonna have to beat like 50 songs to get just to 10,000, and that's like, holy crap! Like 250 songs, and then I started doing the Pachisi, and it started coming faster. Now, did it take longer? Perhaps, but you know, it wasn't like I was just doing rhythm the whole time. It was like I was rolling the dice, I was getting double points, I was getting this, and you know, every now and then there'd be some extra. Um, I'd, I'd have to do the rhythm stuff, but as much as I love the rhythm, like I didn't need to sit there and tap all day for nine hours straight 
Yeah, it gave you some variety. Yeah, like, yeah, the, that was the battle encounters in the Pachisi board that, you know, invariably you land on. And just like in the games, you had to have tickets. And my God, I had so many tickets. Like, I, you'd land on things in the game, in the board to give you more tickets. I don't know if that happened in three and five. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I always I remember it. Like, talk about saves coming. Like, you had to do that in those games because, yeah, your TNT tickets were limited, valuable. Yeah, I got, I got pretty, I got pretty. Uh, speaking of uh, of our theme of being lucky to, tonight, <laughs> I got pretty lucky with those. Like, I, I never had, I, ne- I don't remember ever being in a situation in three or five where I didn't have enough tickets to be able to beat a board before I could move on and then mm-hmm. collect more tickets for the next new board that would come along later. I don't mm-hmm. remember ever having that problem. Like, again, it might have been just like pure luck on my part, but thankfully I was able to get just enough tickets. Tickets that it was never, never a problem for me that way. We were raised on mini metal searching. We found all the tickets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Check all those drawers. Check all those chests. Check. Yeah. Check check all that. (laughs) Check those bookshelves. Check those pots. Check those barrels. The wells. I could go on and on and on. But yeah, you, you. You, uh, the bags you're... hanging on the wall in Dragon Warrior 7. <laughs> oh, yeah, those are great, too. I was telling but... my wife. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, because uh, you do those in 8 2, where you where you, you even got the little animation where he kind of sticks his hand in and he's kind of rummaging around. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, I was telling my wife that if we ever go to Japan, I want to go to Dragon Quest Island just to find mini medals. <laughs> yeah, you get to do that there. That's like yeah. part of the fun of that the whole island. That's, that's, that's what I want to do. <laughs> oh, nice! I hope that's a main theme in Dragon Quest Treasures. Oh, like what? What would be the best treasure in the world? Is mini medals? Like, Just a whole chest full of mini medals. Yeah, gotta think they have that. They oh. better. They better. <laughs> see, see, and he, here's where we start getting into our like that game's never coming out. <laughs> I don't don't break my heart more because then I'm gonna, I'm really gonna pull out my Sandland and say PlayStation Seven and Dragon Quest Thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's I, I'm guessing, and a lot of us. I'm not the only one that's made this guess that that um, I forget. Was it Genghis that first came out with the with the prediction that it's probably going to be next year, which will be the 35th anniversary of three, that we'll probably get Dragon Quest Three, uh, the 2D HD game because it'll coincide with that anniversary mm-hmm. but as far as treasures go i yeah it might be a while before we get that one i think uh with their development hell that they went through in the first place when it was originally supposed to be a monsters game plus covid stuff I, yeah it's probably going to be a while unfortunately but well i'm looking at it eventually or it will morph into yet another game it'll be like ah no we gotta start over it's another <laughs> genre that'd be hilarious it'd be sad you know we're but we're, we're getting close we're like what two months away from the 35th anniversary announcement of all those games. And have we seen anything in the West? No, yeah, that's the, that's we're the still in a cashy cashy. Yeah, I, I know. know that's, I was about to say, say that like, um, now I, I'll have to do the math on it later, but when did that, when did that first come out in Japan? Because if you remember, cashy, with, cashy? yeah, cause it would at least a couple months now. Uh, we'll see. That's okay then. Because now it's weird that we haven't got any kind of announce like further announcement, but with between, uh, the global and the Japanese version of tack, it's like six months about about six months in between like when the japanese version came out and the global version came out but the fact that we haven't seen yeah for dragon quest tack what what game did we get the simultaneous release on that was um uh die oh okay that's right the the die game yeah because tack came out first and die we've 
we got the simultaneous release. But for some reason, catchy catchy, they didn't want to do that because I because I remember during that uh, announcement um, thing that they did with Yuji Hori, like there were certain games where they said, yeah, we're going to try and do a simultaneous release for these games. And they said that for Treasures, and they said that for 2D HD. They want to do like a global simultaneous release, but they, not, they, they didn't say that with Catchy Catchy. So uh, mm-hmm. for some reason, they want to wait on that one. And it's and right after the the uh, the big ceremony that they did with Yuji Hori, and they talked about it, the, the official Dragon Quest Twitter and Facebook page said, yes, we are going to get Catchy Catchy, but just like silence after, the, after yeah. that. Like we haven't heard anything. So is this kind of weird? So hopefully, we'll hear something soon i don't know here's an announcement about six games and here we are a year later and you have <laughs> none of them like, i haven't even seen a uh pre like a pre-sign up for keshi keshi yet either no 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 that yeah they haven't, there's been nothing because nope. that's what yeah. we'll get first is like with tact and stars and die we had the whole like pre-registration and then they had beta testing and then like mm-hmm. uh that later down the line that's when it finally that's when it released but yeah. Which has been great because with RP Gamer, uh, n- nobody wants to play a mobile game. <laughs> None of the hardcore RP gamers, and I'm always like, "Oh, wait, uh, can can we get in on the beta of the Dragon Quest games or the Die games?" And they're always like, "Yes, go right ahead." Like I did the beta of the Tact game, and there was um, I remember I played it for a week, and I was like, I really was dying. I was like, I should contact Austin um, over at DQFM because I'm like, I bet he's in this too. Um, but I made my username like Platinum Three. I'm like it's pretty obvious. And there was all of like 13 people on the leaderboard. The like the whole week I played, and probably seven or eight of the people on the leaderboard were like developers. It was obvious because they had like in the billions of points. And I'm like, yeah, I passed a thousand. <laughs> and I mean, they were also like total strings of numbers. So I'm like, OK, these are like must be like developer tools that they're trying to figure out. And I'm like, OK, so there's five of us in this beta. <laughs> or five of us who got review codes, at least, because it was even before the beta. Um, but yeah, and then I did the die game before or I got into that one that was supposed to be Canada only. Oh, I so that one that. at least. Yeah, that one at least there were more people in it. Um, but I got to play that beforehand and write about it. And everyone, it was so funny because I remember the people who got the beta for whether it was like Tact or Stars or whatever, they'd be like, "Oh, do so you think we'll be able to keep all our stuff?" At, in in <laughs> like, no, because they want to they want to make it even for everybody when the when the game starts. Exactly. They yeah, they're not gonna let you keep anything. Sorry. And and I'm again, sorry. it's a beta. Like that's all just yeah. deleted. Right. But I mean, usually they would. I mean, they give you like a some kind of bonus or something at least i think stars did where it gave you like uh maybe some gems or gold or something just a just a like a little thank you i think at least some of them did for being a beta tester but like as far as like actually getting like equipment and gear or monsters depending on the game they're like no it's just just testing sorry i i got die pins for being part of the beta oh there you go <laughs> they, they mailed them to me months and months later <laughs> My editor's like, oh, they want your address. And I was like, oh, isn't that game out? <laughs> I think a lot of people got those, though. I think it was, they were giving them away as prizes later, too. Yeah, they were, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dang, I should have gone out of that. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, hopefully I'll get to test out Keshi Keshi. Or, like, that one I'm actually interested in. I'm like, I love Match 3. I do, I, like, that Die, I'm not interested in continually running. Although I will say, like, when I played it, I was like, I, I actually think people will like this gameplay. Like, it, it to me, it was more, well, then again, I'm not a strategy player, so I liked it more than Tact. Although Tact had the whole Dragon Quest monsters collect monsters thing going for it, so 
you know, right there, that's that put it way above um, Dragon Quest of the Stars in my mind. But like, I, I was auto battling definitely two hours into that beta. I, I think I played six or seven hours to get through the entire um, beta thing. And then I, but and honestly, four or five of it was all on auto battle. <laughs> like some no, people I, are going to like this. Yeah. But yeah. No, collect monsters, not trousers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you're collecting trousers, I guess you are getting lucky. Oh, oh, there you go. That that's a good line. That's a good line. Maybe that's the line that we should wrap this up tonight. So uh, there you go. Um, <laughs> collect trousers, get lucky, and we'll, we'll end with that. So that's it for this episode of Slime Time Side Quest. Uh, thank you, um, Lindar. I, I was gonna totally say it wrong, and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I'm I not going to make you. a pendy mistake. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Lindar, for joining us to talk about getting lucky. And uh, hopefully uh, we have some Yangus audio in there um, stuck in the middle for us. Uh, yes. Thanks, be it. Thanks, for, thanks for joining us, Lindar. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and in a transition, probably y'all can see coming a mile away. Uh, pendy, I think it's time to talk about one more lucky thing about our podcast. Uh, I think I know where this is going. Ah, but of course. See, one thing we luckily never do here at Slime Time is solicit listeners for any silly old Patreon stuff. Just video game fans talking about the games that we love so much. But, you know, I know some of you are very lucky listeners that have been blessed with many gold coins and would love to sponsor something. Uh, People that have asked, we always point our listeners over to our parent site, The Dragon's Den, and to its founder, Wootus. Um, If you've got money burning that hole in your digital wallet, if you'd like to support this podcast, instead, just go over, support him, support the den. Um, You can either send Wootus some money there directly um, to keep the den's lights on for another 20 years, or just click on that big old Amazon affiliate link, pre-order yourself a uh, portable freezer for the garage fill it with a bunch of stuff um and he'll get like maybe 10 cents or something like that you know mrs woodis will be very happy gotta think 20 years he's been running that site can you imagine all the uh jewelry and trips he could have taken her on oops mrs woodis if you're listening don't worry about it you didn't hear that (laughs) and if you have any jackpot suggestions for a future side quest episode we'd be happy to hear from you (laughs) you can reach out to platium3 on twitter or discord or the Dragon's Den. You can also contact me on the Dragon Quest Facebook group, Dragon Questers. We have a list full of ideas and would be happy to add some more. Bye, everyone. Side quest complete. (laughs) 